Hi, everybody. It's me, Seisha. I'm so excited you're here to hear about our adventures. And hello, and welcome to D4, where I, Dustin. And I, Devin, Cody am a 5th edition game of Dungeons. And Dragons. Oh! Woo! Victory Screech! And Dragons. <laughs> and Dargons. Uh, <laughs> Starting out strong. Oh, hey, everyone. Uh, we got an announcement. A while ago, the world went through uh, a tough time when we had to step away from the table and go digital. However... One of the brightest parts of that time is that because we were remote, we got to have a bunch of guest players and friends and all of that come and play with us. Uh, but one of them got to stick around for the entire time. Sadly, when we were able to go back into the studio, we had to say goodbye. However, since life has changed for many of our players, half of them are remote while the other half are here in the studio. And we thought, why not add one more? So please give a warm welcome as we invite Lauren Urban back as Orkira for the rest of the campaign. You, you tried to get rid of me, but like a <laughs> oh bad penny, I always no. turn back up. <laughs> we need you. Please don't want to believe. I'll try. We'll see. Someone else might gate me somewhere else. <laughs> uh, but uh, we have um, just a few announcements to get through before we get started with session 182. Jiminy Cricket. Uh, but, uh, yeah. <clears throat> hey, Devin. You're back. What's wrong? You, you look troubled. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, Dustin. Um, I can't shake this feeling. After my ice fishing trip, something dawned on me. Something unsettling. The ice. The desolation out there. It's... It's like an icy reflection of that, um, that old hunting lodge up in the hills. Uh, uh, the Velvet Lodge? It's eerie. There's a darkness that lingers. It's, it's like the stories we used to hear. What, what are you going on about? Ice fishing? It, it's, a, it's just a sport, a way to connect with nature. How does that have anything to do with stories from the Velvet Lodge? No, Dustin, listen. Out on that frozen wasteland, there's a, there's a haunting solitude. It, it whispers of isolation, the unknown, just like the Velvet Lodge. And it preys on your mind, distorting reality until you question your own sanity. Are you sure you're okay? Look, we've both heard the rumors, tales of unspeakable horrors within those lodge walls. But ice fishing? That's supposed to be an escape, a respite from the mundane, a time to relax and self-reflect. And right now, I can't tell if you haven't relaxed or you just did too much reflecting. <laughs> See, that's, that's what they want you to believe. But I've, I've seen the truth, ice fishing. It's like staring into an abyss, wondering if something beneath the frozen surface is watching you. The same dread, the same uncertainty, mirroring the very essence of the Velvet Lodge. All right, you're losing me. Uh, you're talking madness. Uh, we can't compare a leisurely pastime to the terrors of that place. I think you should take a break from ice fishing. Uh, let's not invite that darkness into our lives. Yeah. But what if... What if by facing the chilling echoes of the ice, we prepare ourselves for the horrors that await us? What if we must embrace the dread to truly understand the darkness within the Velvet Lodge? 
within ourselves. I fear you're delving too deep, my friend. The Velvet Lodge holds secrets we can't comprehend, and to seek understanding could cost us our souls, let alone our sanity. Perhaps you're right. But something, something in me yearns to delve into the depths of the unknown, to unlock the secrets veiled within that lodge, to watch it every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Elder Eye ENT's Twitch channel. And watch it again on YouTube the following Friday and listen to it endlessly on every podcast network over and over until there's nothing left of me and I am consumed by the Velvet Lodge much like the fish consumes the bait because I am hooked on this story. God! Then we shall brave the terrors and await and unravel the haunting enigma of the Velvet Lodge. Even if it means risking everything we hold dear together. Won't you join us? Yes, join us at the Velvet Lodge. Y'all have got to switch to decaf. I think this has all been much. <laughs> oh, no, uh, no, I'm here for all this. All of it. But, uh, hey, do you actually want a spooky vacation? Do you miss the summers by the lake, cooking s'mores over a fire, falling asleep to the gentle sounds of the woods, being part of a group summer camp experience, or being chased by nightmarish creatures? That. Then go check out Ge uh, Camp Gehenna. Camp Gehenna is a three-day, three-night premium summer camp style survivor survival horror live-action role-playing event. Hosted in the mountains just north of Atlanta, Georgia, that captures the nostalgia of summer camp and the camaraderie of and joys of LARPing. Order your tickets now on CampGehenna.com for October 12th through the 15th. And you might see some familiar faces there. Just saying. Behold the Premium Boxes Editions, a treasure trove from Beetle and Grimm's with Ventures Rove, Fandel, Fandelver, and below the Shattered Obelisk. Unveil mysteries, face dangers brisk, water deep dragon heist, a city's allure, heist and intrigue, fortune secure, dragon lance, shadow of the dragon queen, epic saga, destinies convene, spell jammer, adventures in space, cosmic odyssey, thrilling embrace, magic the gathering, Kamigawa set, summon spirits, cards to beget, an Absalom city, lost omens lore, unveil secrets, in shadows explore, Fizban's treasury of dragons bold, harness draconic might, legends unfold, curse of Strahd, gothic dreads Embrace, break the curse of Barovia's chase. Eberron rising from the last war. Steampunk magic, new realms to explore. Ghost of Saltmarsh, sea tales unbound. Pirates and creatures, adventures renowned. And Beetle and Grimm's pandemonium warehouse. Enhanced editions where dreams truly sprout. Go get your premium box edition of one of the many adventures listed above over at BeetleandGrimm's.com. Did you write that? Uh, okay. Holy crap. That was awesome. Really good. Wow. Okay. Um, hi, everybody. It's me, your friendly neighborhood goblin, Katie. And I am here to give you a little update of awesome news this week and how it relates to dice. So, interestingly enough, today's story is about the Dever Devil's Hole Pupfish. It looks like this. 
Wait, wait, wait. wait. We had. You brought visual aids? I did! I had visual aids! It's so, so cute. They're adorable. They live in one place on Earth, and that is in a, a little water way called Devil's Hole. And the pupfish is somehow remarkably bouncing back and baffling scientists because back in 2013, they were down to 35 of these little guys. And look at them. They're so cute. They're adorable. They're very cute. Right? And so they, they started conservation efforts and now they've got it like fun stuff. There's razor wire, all this sort of stuff. The spring, they counted 175 unique fish. So they are bouncing back beautifully. The water in this place stays 93 degrees Fahrenheit. That's roughly 34 degrees Celsius. Didn't forget about you, my international homies. And um, we've only gone down to 400 feet to see these guys. We can't go deeper. It's a problem. So I would like to introduce you to the Shirasquiro dice. These look just like Little Devil's Hole Pupfish. And they are an affiliate die set from Die Hard Dice. They worked with Jennifer Kretschmer to develop these oh, dice. Yay. So every time you buy a set, she gets a portion of the proceeds to help support her work in expanding awareness for the disabled within the TTRPG and gaming community. She does great work for she us. She is awesome. We love her. Uh, she actually was here on our 10 Candles game. You might remember her from that. But if you head on over there, these puppies are under $15. They're going to be even cheaper because you're going to use the D4BFFS or D4BFGS discount code to get an additional 10% off. And I mean, if you wanted to go pick up uh, a set of these dice for, um, for, you know, the, the remaining sets, then you can, and you would also help support us. So head on over to Die Hard Dice, use the discount code, because no matter what you buy, you're helping us out with that. And have fun out there, little pup fish. Okay. Um, hey. <laughs> I, I don't have visual aids or sick rhymes or an existential crisis that is about 10 years too early. Uh, what I do have, though, is to remind you to go on over to D&D Beyond as the 40% off sale is still going and is going until the 16th. Uh, so head on over. That's on all your books and digital dice. Uh, so you can pick up the latest books. You can pick up those Thimbershod dice that I'm still very, very obsessed with mm. because he'll eat your natural 20. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to keep this short and sweet because good God. Uh, so head on over to D&D Beyond and get your 40% off. Behold, you might be wondering why I'm so quiet today. It is because I have an extra person here with me to help me teach you about Eldritch Foundry, the best place to get your miniatures. Yes, this is Peabody. Take a look at Peabody, the dumbest cat who's ever existed. Why is Kevin so quiet? Well, he spent so much of his time on the ice torturing some guy who was out there fishing. Yes, in fact, Eldritch Foundry is always using their incredible powers to find ways to torture people that are fishing for no reason. But when we aren't doing that, the best thing we're doing is making miniatures for your table, which you can have tonight if you put in 
and hashtag Eldritch into the chat for your chance to win your own Elder Foundry miniature. Go to the character creator where you can use it just like in your favorite video games and make your character look like whatever you want. Perhaps a fisherman so I can torture them too. And if you do that and don't win, don't worry, put in D4RPG for your chance to get 15% off. There's not even a chance. You're guaranteed 15% off your Eldritch Foundry miniature. Hmm, how powerful is that? That is thanks to Peabody. Show them, Peabody, your power. There you go, and that's Peabody. I have to get back to this fisherman, so I'll pass it on to the next person. Um. <laughs> My cats are currently unavailable. Um, they put in a letter today saying, hey, I don't consent to the use of my likeness or image today online. So I'm just going to respect their space and uh, calmly let you guys know, hey, Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms, there's like a code that we have that you want, and it's below. And it sounds something like Ed Surly's. It's a new NPC. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, and uh, you just type in the, that code, and you're going to get some loot. Um, you won't get... Mm -hmm. Uh, Peabody and or cat. Oh, she's has rescinded. <gasps> Idol Champions brings all the cats out. <laughs> yeah, tell him, Cheese. Tell him. Familiar. Anyways, uh, so Cheese is here to tell you use the code, and um, yeah, that's that's all I have for you. <laughs> okay. Without further ado, let us immerse ourselves into the Chronicles of D Four. And we're back. Last time, on Discoveries, Demises, and a Double Crossers <laughs> do-over. The BFGs start by bringing Orkira back from death and having a hard conversation with Mitra, the gnome rogue woman who decidedly turned against them in the fight against Manchun. After heated discussion, waiting to boil over, uh, split between two points of view, Mitra is convinced she has to prove herself by making amends for her actions against the city. After realizing the sanctum of the demiplane was starting to deteriorate, they all split up to scour the rest of the unexplored areas to try and unravel the machinations left hidden behind the mind of the evil mage. After searching the place, they found a bunch of high-end objects and some prized first edition books, a terrifying laboratory with remnants of dark discoveries and experimentations, and they freed a captive Kyrene, which blessed everyone with a restful healing wave as thanks for its freedom. All of this came at some cost, though, as two explosions ripped through the sanctum. One on purpose, as Karina and Seisha destroyed the simulacrum-making sarcophagi. However, Harold unleashed a destructive fireball by purposefully triggering a trap after hastily... Both were on purpose. <laughs> Both were on purpose, yes. Um, after a hasty risk assessment that was protecting Manchun's private journal of plans and devious schemes, and another small but heavily protected coffer. Meanwhile, Petunia, V, and Orkira sat around with Karina's summoned dragon while the halfling diviner spent the time identifying the prized possessions left behind the seemingly destroyed Manchun. In her hands, she held the robes of an archmage and a powerful Gathalan steel gauntlet imbued with magic that held the power to control the honorable knight walking statue. They then discussed the possibility of Possessing such legendary items, especially when facing a city at war with itself, where Harold could easily once again impersonate the man that has held the city in fear for so long. From the journal, they learn all the secret entrances 
to the leader of the Zintarum, uh, that the leader of the Zintarum had found into the impenetrable labyrinth of the Mad Mage, Halister Blackcloak, through the Underdark. All of them connecting to encounters they have had in the past, but none more important than the mention of the Terrazul, a flower that only grows in the presence of the Far Realm. After removing its protections, they discover the small coffer held a needle-like shard of the Mithlar they have been hunting down. It was undetectable before because of the protections, but also explains the entries of a journal pertaining to the power Manchun wanted to hold over the Abolithic Sovereignty, who has been searching for this for eons, and a lost and forgotten Cerulean magic. With the rest of the city still waging war outside the Demiplane, the party say their goodbyes to Mira, the Harper spy acting as the right hand of Manchun. They plan for her to stay behind and remain appearances that he still lives so that they have time to plan for the coming chaos that may unfold. After plane shifting back into the sewers not too far from the alley, they return to their own safe haven with the rest of the city recoiling from the aftermath of a hard day of bloodshed. With Orkira and Petunia using the rest of their force over the weave, they send out messages to the leaders of the insurgent strike forces, telling them Manchun was dead and inquiring about their successes. Although few reports came back with glorious victory, some even a little unnerving in their triumph, most reports came back with mention that they were expected, ambushed, and causing them to suffer heavy losses and having to retreat. From their correspondence and recon using Karina's raven-familiar Simone, they learned sadly that Yagra, the Black Viper, Kaysen, and Renair perished alongside many others. With everyone going to rest, Seisha stops by Davil's mansion to check in on Benly and deliver the news about the fallen orc Doom Raider. He answered the door out of breath after spending most of the day dodging Benly's uncontrolled undead, finally securing them into his dungeon room using every bit of furniture to hold the door. Oops. However, in their discussions, Davil drops some harsh truths Seisha is now forced to face as she realizes that she can no longer hold Voss in the same light she once did, while also realizing she shouldn't condemn someone to death if they seek redemption. As night falls, everyone finally finds rest after a long day of true war and attrition in hopes of a better tomorrow in spite of themselves, realizing the sacrifices the world asks for in return. Some hold on to hope that those lost can be returned, while others understand that sometimes fate has other plans. But as the morning sun cuts through the bitter cold of the next morning, proving to you all that winter has truly started to set in, that is where we pick up tonight's story. Karina, mm. you are particularly uncomfortable as the biting frigid morning air has infiltrated your room. A cold breeze washes in from the door to your balcony as you notice it is left cracked open. And Mitra is no longer in your room. However, assuming you get up to close said... Yeah, I'll get up to close it, and Karina's just kind of like... She's sad, but she's nodding, and she makes a point to leave her balcony door unlocked. Okay. Um, as you close it, um, something catches your corner of your uh, catches your attention out of the corner of your eye as you see a letter tucked under something left on your nightstand. Oh my goodness! Ooh. I'm short. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! 
And if you read it privately, that's fine, but please read it aloud. Yeah, for the audience. Karina, by the time you read this, I'll be long gone. I've got some things I need to make right and a lot to atone for. I fear the impacts of my actions haven't fully come to fruition. If they do, I need to be far away from here. Thank you for everything. Thank you for your kindness and a safe place to sleep. I'm free now. The madman is gone from my thoughts, and I don't know what my future holds, but I know I don't want to be the same as I was. Please stay safe. Hopefully one day we can meet again and build a friendship. Tell the rest that I wish them safety and the best in the rest of your missions. If you ever need a sneaky little gnome's help, I'm there. M. P.S. Tell Harold to keep the sheets. They'll fit his bed better than mine. (laughs) And Karina is going to just kind of tuck it in her shirt and hold on to that. Okay. Um, But you all can convene, whether in the common room or downstairs for breakfast or however you wish. Um, Sisha wakes up, snuggled with Rakira. This is awesome. What, 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 what? Friend snuggles are the best. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. It's been a while since I had friend snuggles. <laughs> we should probably get up. Oh, oh okay. All right. No, that's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And then you watch as Rakira like waits a moment. But I'm assuming no sending comes through. No sendings have come through. You okay? Well, I just. I thought if one of the sendings I sent yesterday was gonna actually get a response. It would have happened when I woke up, but nothing. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get a response. Mm. Well, hopefully we we can do some stuff about that. Um, I mean, speaking of that, what 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 are we doing today besides that? Uh, I don't know. I think it's about this time that everybody else can kind of yeah emerge into the common room yeah. where they were passed out on the floor. Hi, gang. What mm. are we doing today? Oh. Mm. That's it. That's it. That was the pole thought. Mm. <laughs> that was about as far as I got, too. Yeah. Um, and um, for Cadkins, just to kind of catch V up, um, the... After... Um, Realizing that, you know, you've uh, scoured the the Manchun's place, you come back and you've learned that um, Renair and Yagra have fallen and are presumed dead, um, along with the Black Viper and Kaysen, who were two members of Voss's field ward. Did I misinterpret what I Ew. got from Simone then? You you saw someone say lucky, but you remember seeing the body unmoving. So okay, my uh, mechanic interpretation was Rainier was like what HP or death saving zero. throws. You can assume okay. whatever okay, you okay. want. Okay, um, but do we know uh, how? Uh, Karina would have told you her vision, which would just be she just saw them carrying his body down into the sewers, and someone said something about lucky. Who's carrying whose body? Uh, um, Karina saw a dwarf. a dwarf. You saw the dwarf at the thing carrying the body was a humanoid with patches of fur and a That's wolf right. tail. 
That's right. Okay, it's okay. So, uh, so we don't know to blame like Manchun or someone else. Uh, you you do know because that was covered uh, last week with uh, Mitra, um, so and the sendings Manchun? is Manchun had a spy. Okay. The spy was Mitra. Yeah. Right. Right. The spy let the Zentarum know where the attacks were going to be. Yeah. So basically every task force that you kind of sent out into the city uh, was basically, there was an ambush waiting, they were expected, and so. I think so... two went well, if I remember correctly. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I just, as a player, want to know like who's yep. to blame yeah. for their uh, assault. Probably the Zentarum. Yes. So Zentarum, okay. Cool, 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 cool. What about, what about Monty? Did Monty make it back? Is he okay, is Monty okay? I don't know. I'm just gonna look out the window to see if there's a horse walking around Curl Skull. And as you look outside, you see that there's a gathering of people. Um, a lot of it, uh, a lot of them younger, like children. And uh, you eventually, through the masses, um, see and the vantage point. You see a dapple gray horse being overfed with treats and petted and ridden and just being like. A, w there's a horse in the alleyway. It's something Excellent. new. It's something different. Uh, you can. There's a horse in the hospital. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is never leaving this alley. I gotta stop them at some point today. They can't. That, that's like I've already just counted five apples. Okay. Uh, the, <laughs> the the first thing we need to do is we need to make contact with Ren in in the sewers to see if we can see what happened to Rainier because he's, we know what we know that he's probably been taken to the yawning portal I would imagine knowing Ren he'd probably take them to us because we are the only ones that would be capable of fixing something like that but in case they're not here yes that's that's probably the place they are I mean that and was that was his home base so I'm assuming you also know that Castle Waterdeep is literally like maybe five blocks from the yawning portal yeah Ah, oh, fair. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, we should probably go there. Yeah. That'll give us time to meet with everybody, talk about what happened, figure out what the next steps are. Um, here's here's something we're going to need to discuss. If the Black Viper is really dead, how do we handle that? The same way we handle everybody. It's sad, but they were people who signed up to do this. No, it's it's Voss. She and Voss were children together, I think. Oh. So, and knowing Voss, well, my assumption is what happens there is Voss is going to put her in one of those machines. One of... What? I don't oh, know. Oh right, the machine. I don't. I don't know if they can once you've died. Or Kira, Is he's it? he's got uh, automaton additions to oh, yeah. bodies of people it, who can no longer take care of themselves or others. We're led to believe by Voss that they willingly sign up for this, but I don't know if you can do they, something like that with a dead body. They, yeah, they do. Right he would. They, he would they do leave willing... a dead body alone because that's like his code or whatever. They, right? They do yeah. volunteer for this. They have yeah, so free will whether they want to do it or not. I, I did confirm and that. And I believe that. 
I believe okay. that too. So if that's the case, then I guess we're just gonna have to go down to Troll Skull and handle this one problem at a time. One person at a time. Yep. I will say, I mean, we I do remember having that discussion with Voss a while ago about if he ever died, that he did not want to come back. And so case, then we can probably assume he feels the same way about his people. Probably, yeah. but but if I they're know, on the verge of death, he probably the would rather shove them in a machine than let them die naturally, which is big. He sick. he seemed very big on that the people in the automatons chose it and that it was Yeah, but I I, I talked to people in the field ward. I And people choose to join cults too, it doesn't mean it's good for them. I mean, agree. I'm not arguing you there at all. I think, I think it's a case of. I don't think, I think his morals about death and his morals about these automatons are not overlapping. If that makes yeah. sense. Let's, let's get to staves and steel. Let's talk to those folks. Let's figure out what the next steps are, and after that, we can. Uh, we can figure out what we're going to do until then. Um, so, so, so if you destroy an automaton, it like kills the person, right? Yeah. Like... So. Okay. Most likely, but I'm not entirely sure. Like if you mean just ripping them out of the automaton that could kill them just from the pain, but also if it's something they willingly signed up for as a physical enhancement, it could stand to reason without that enhancement, they would go back to the way they were before. So it's not a magical thing at all? It's. These, I think there's magic in There's not. -ish. No, there can't be. Voss not, would not, not for not Voss, do... but it's... You okay, all I think I misunderstood and thought that... I, I, I misunderstood. I thought... I didn't realize... Their bodies were shoved into a machine. No, I thought they're it not. Was their... They're not. No, it's like like imagine if if you were a farmer, but your legs gave out on you. You would have mechanical legs from your hips down, and it's that kind of thing. Their bodies oh. are forged. Their bodies that are constructed. That is a little less disturbing than what I thought was happening. Yeah. What I thought was happening was there's a full robot and you place somebody's soul inside of it. Oh, no, 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 no. no. It's, and that it's is a, what I thought has been happening this entire time. No, it's a, it's a physical enhancement. And that is why I've been so horrified. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm almost certain that it's their souls are being put inside machines. What did I learn when I was out there? You Wait, know. so we do believe uh -huh. souls are being put inside of machines. Wait. Um, prosthetic enhancement is what Harold has. Yeah. Kind of what Manchun had as well. Right. Because of the interactions you all had with Twiggy mm -hmm. in his resurrection mm -hmm. and what you've learned in the field ward, you know it is their souls. Okay. Their their okay. souls okay. are okay. the it original. Soul. The original description I, was very confusing. Okay. I went out and spent a night out there and talked to people whose families elected into this. The soul is put into a constructed form. How is that not magic? That's something we're going to have to discuss. Is the soul a tangible, physical thing? Yeah. Depends I mean, on how, which person you ask, honestly. But, like, how do you grasp that without using magic? What machine grabs a soul out of somebody? I think that it's likely 
something that we're just going to have to discuss with them? I think you're brilliant, V. I can remind you all that you guys aided in the resurrection and creation of the first Warforged, which was Twiggy, mm -hmm. after when his soul was causing chaos in the Deep Temple of God. Around. <laughs> um, and it was because of the special crystal that lies within Nim that he is able to... Mm -hmm. Bridge technology and magic. Yes. I don't care. That's still magic to yep, me. Yep, still hypocrisy. Means, there's a lot of... I'm just trying to catch it, the hypocrisy yeah, of the situation here. It's like arcane here. technology. Yeah. I, I, that's all I need. Yep. V, you're, you're not wrong with <laughs> I'm picking up what he's putting down. I like it. Yeah, all those are good questions that you asked. They're ones I grapple with, and I deal with souls literally for a living. So there's no easy answers there. I think my main concern is the making sure that this is all with consent. It is. Because after that, then they're free to do what they want. Thus has a lot of weird contradictions, but his desire for people to act on free will is one that seems more reliable. How he may manipulate that will, but he'll let them make their choice. I'll say for the, in my experience, for what it's worth, at the level Voss is at right now, they absolutely are doing it with full sound of mind consent. If we let Voss alone for another five years, I'd have a much different interpretation of that, but I don't think we should let it get that far. But I, having been there, I can agree with Seisha that I do believe these people truly of sound mind and heart chose it. Why don't we head to States and Steel and settle the more easy, not easy, Direct. settle the things that we know we can settle and then figure out what we're going to do with the next step. Yeah, I think so too. Also, I gotta stop those kids from feeding peppermint to the horse. Ooh, no, horses actually hearts. like it and it's good for them. I, yeah, but that, that you don't understand hearts. how much. Poor Kira. Oh, Monty. Um, and it's this point that the door opens from Vinley's side. And you see a somber dabble walk in. How is she? Oh, she's fine. But, um, Seisha, if you could come with me. Let's do Raider business. And he looks to everyone. You all can come. If you like, but I ask that you not interfere and respect our last rites. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, whatever you need, that's... Should we go or should we deal with what we already spoke about? I think, I think Harold, Harold and V, I think, should be there. This won't take long if you're okay. worried about... Yeah. That, that was my concern, was no. time. Some some cultures have long rituals. I wanted to be respectful. If appreciated, Harold and V, I think you deserve to be there if you want to be. I think we should all go as a group. We it was our operation. Let's go then. Uh, he nods, and uh, he'll stop into the tavern real quick. Um, and uh, as, as you walk in, you see everybody kind of 
bustling about. Uh, and uh, he goes to get a drink. And you see that he gets a, a, a can from Leaf, uh, an alcoholic beverage, as he opens it. There you go. <laughs> nice. Smooth. <laughs> rip uh, it and rip it, dog. <laughs> nice. Uh, and he just kind of nods, puts a couple of uh, <laughs> shards onto the uh, the table, and then drinks the uh, the beverage um, pretty quickly. But he then leads you to... I grab a bottle. Okay. Uh, he leads you to Corellin's Crown. Harold, if you uh, want, you can stop them now, or you can stop them after... Uh, whatever is about to transpire with all the people messing with Monty. I will... I'll stop them now. Okay. <laughs> I don't want them to get the, the, the horse sick. Okay. But I will give him a, a rub on the nose and just kind of, like, whisper to him, like, good to see you, buddy. And nuzzles up boy. against you. Uh, and then, like, <clears throat> positions himself to kind of give V a nudge as well. Um, the tail, like, swishing back and forth. Well, I'm sure me and V give him many pets, and then we will continue on. Okay. Shoot a mom look at Monty so he stops eating so many apples. <laughs> um, you f see that the Corellin's crown is uh, locked, but the bell is rung, and you are greeted by Fala, and inside you also see Elvandria and Zaraj, whose hand is currently tightly interlaced with Tashlin's. You can tell they all look shattered. And you see that the look of understanding of familiar loss, but also the loss of friendship. In the past year, you have learned the dark secret the devil holds from his chosen family, which forced them to give up adventuring and call Waterdeep home. Something that could possibly be linked to the fissures amongst the group, uh, including the loss of Schemo and now Istrid. Um, you feel, okay, you feel the absence of Gariel, knowing that she is still making her way back home along the seas. Oh yeah, that's right. And you are led upstairs beyond the greenhouse as you take to the iron fire escape staircase that leads to the roof on a makeshift cairn of stones collected from the city's rubble. And you see a large body wrapped in sheets and covered in herbs and flowers. Uh, Zaraj slowly walks around and hands all of the Doom Raiders, including you, Seisha, a lit torch that burns defiantly against the bristling gusts of cold winds. Um, you notice that there is no, well, there is no cleric amongst them as Istrid is their cleric. Uh, you know all of the high priests that could revivify or resurrect are lost at the plinth. Um, does anybody do or say anything in this moment? Orkara makes hardcore eye contact with Harold. Harold will look to the others and say there is the possibility we could bring her back. 
and you hear Tashlin speak up. If they're seeing Isirak feed on the souls of those returned while we were in Chult, we all agreed that we were done chasing immortality. Our fate either laid in the hands of the gods or in the destiny created from our own. We believe now that when we die, it is our time, and defying Kelimvor would be only doing the same as the liches we hunt. Or hunted. And you look over and you all, your eyes catch dabbles. And you see a knowing look of how deep his sin goes. A betrayal of a promise on top of a secret he can never tell. But sometimes a second chance is enough to choose how you wish to spend the rest of your days. And without anyone else getting to say anything, he speaks up. I wish I could say it was good to see you all gathered here on this fucking freezing morning. And if Yagra was here, she'd probably hit me in the nuts right now to pester me to write a sad song about me complaining about the cold. <laughs> she was a fierce warrior, but her laughter could shatter the heavens. And he looks up. Now every time I hear thunder, I will know it is her causing trouble for the gods just as much as she caused Durnan or any other tavern keeper's doorstep she shadowed. <laughs> but as strongly as she laughed, she loved us with all the warmth of a raging fire. A fighter reduced to a dormant informant. That's on me, but... She never complained. I think it's partially because she had fun tearing any poor sad sap that tried to challenge her at any of her games at the Yawning Portal. And it was a sight to see ever since the first day we met her. You all, you all remember that day? <laughs> we picked her up at some tavern in Dambrath. She was doing what she does best, best outperforming everyone in there and taking them for all they're worth. I doubt she's ever had to pay for an, her own drinks ever. <laughs> but, but you all remember? We were headed to a gala trying to pass off as catering and a service. None of us knew a lick of what to do. <laughs> and we were there to steal that antique map. Uh, only, it was the only one that had the marked location of some lich's lair. and Some noble had it framed as an art piece. We hired Yagra as an easy scapegoat if things went south. We told her to cause a distraction and uh, she started pulling clothing and hats off nobles. <laughs> Ripped a, away a tablecloth, turned it into a cape as she ran around claiming to be the dread pirate Scurvy Sally, the Sultan of Salt Marsh. <laughs> it was so funny. We were we were too distracted and we got caught. <laughs> and things ended up going south. <laughs> Schemo started dropping smoke bombs, but Yagra still stayed loyal to us in the mission. In the chaos, she ended up getting arrested alongside us. And we still got the map thanks to Gariel, who somehow did not get caught and bailed us out the next day. 
from then on, the auger was family. No one was more loyal to a group of assholes they barely knew. Um, today, as we bid farewell to Yagra, let us remember her not in tears, but with laughter and joy. Raise your torches high, my friends. Toast to a warrior whose laughter could topple kingdoms and love could mend the world. May her spirit forever dance in our memories and remind us that life is meant to be cherished and love is meant to be fierce. Farewell, dear Yagra, until we meet again in the halls of Valhalla with unyielding blades and undying resolve. We walk the dark paths others fear to tread. And you watch as they all, all of the other Doom Raiders raise their torches and repeat the final Doom Raiders mantra. With unyielding blades, blades, blades yep. and undying resolve, we walk, we walk the dark paths others fear to tread. And then they all bring the torches down and set the body ablaze. And you watch it burn away for as long as you wish until ash amongst the herbs and flowers. And your uh, follow will let you all know that her ashes will be used in the garden. Do you think, is there any chance you're growing hops? I can, um, if not already. I think she would appreciate Perhaps a little barley as well? Yeah. <laughs> when it looks like the ceremony is concluded, I'm going to walk up to Seisha and just, if she'll let me, take her hand. She takes yours and squeezes it. During the whole thing, Karina was holding her Raven Queen amulet and watches until the body is completely ash, committing every single inch and second to memory mm -hmm. as the Raven Queen told her to witness these things and she takes it with the utmost seriousness okay Harold puts his hand on Petunia's shoulder I'll, I'll say you see Simone mm -hmm. sitting atop um, just watching with you I will uh, give Orkira's hand another squeeze and walk over to Davil and give him a hug. He hugs you. Thanks for being here. Of course. It's family. He looks past you towards everyone. Thank you all for being here. Of course. Thank, Thank you for having us. Um... Zaraj will just bow his head. Um, Tashlin kind of squeezes it. Uh, and then she'll speak up. All right, that's enough sulking. Your girl would be pissed if she knew that we were doing this. Let's go get drunk in her honor. And the rest of the Doom Raiders that are there will just 
kind of smile and nod as they begin to make their way back towards Cholskull. I walk over. Or the spirits of Cholskull. I walk over to the ashes and pull out a bone D6. Okay. And just set it in the ashes for her to take with her. And I turn around and walk out. Okay. You see if Fala will stay behind, not joining the others just quite yet. Actually, I'll go give Fala a hug, too. Okay. Fala gives you a hug. Take care of each other. You do as well. And you see them gathering the ashes into like a planter pot to be taken down for further ceremonies later once revelry is done. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Of course. V, you okay? Yeah. I'll, um, I'll be all right. Harold? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I should probably go have at least one drink with yeah, them and then sense. head out. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. <sighs> All right, let's go toast. <laughs> and uh, you can join them, and they'll just be telling stories. Yep. Um, uh, I will pitch in one that Garyelle told me about something her and Yandra did together. Okay. Since she can't be there. Sounds great. Um, while you all, I guess, are waiting in uh, the common room or listening to the stories, uh, you see that Simone trying to get your attention um, and finds and like goes from different objects and something that you noticed after a while you're trying to piece it all together but the only correlation that you see with everything is Simone is is pointing out things that are blue oh that's right you've been trying to tell me something what is it girl what do you want me to know? Um, and looks at you, kind of mm -hmm. cocks their head, and uh, you can make a history roll. So I'm using digital dice since my dice hated me so bad last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thank got, I God. Got <laughs> a 24. 24. Yeah. Thank that God. is enough. I was about to <laughs> Oh, sorry, it was 25. <laughs> I would come across so this sorry. table with your tavern. I would help her. Your tavern can. <laughs> I'd give her like a yeah. boost. Um, but as you, need you sit there and try to figure out what it is Simone is trying to tell you, your mind is transported somewhere else. Oh, no. <laughs> as you close your eyes, the world around you fades away and a vivid dream takes shape. You find yourself in a fantastical realm. The warbling form of your reflection off the black mirrored walls shows you are a half-elf monk. Clutched tightly in your hand is a long curved short sword, its blade glowing with an ethereal blue radiance pulsating with arcane energy. The dream's setting reveals an otherworldly scene, an alien platform, its surface a sleek black metal that shimmers with an organic sheen. 
The platform hovers precariously hundreds of feet above the ground, suspended in the air by means unknown. The platform extends outward, tapering off into a circular shape, open and unprotected from the fall-off to the vibrant tapestry of the Feywild forest beneath it. As you leap onto the platform's edge, your body seems weightless, agile, and perfectly attuned to the surroundings. The cool breeze ruffles your hair, carrying with it a hint of floral fragrance that the distant chirping of fey creatures. However, your senses are keen to something else filled with purpose, like a predator calmly searching for something else. Suddenly, the tranquil ambience is shattered as a multitude of aboliths emerging from the depths below. Their slimy, tentacled forms writhe and undulate with malevolence, their eyes glowing with sinister intent. These formidable adversaries, each pulsating with raw, psionic power, now surrounding and racing towards you. Drawing upon your monk training and otherworldly energy of the enchanted blade, you embark on an awe-inspiring display of martial prowess. With a swift spin, you leap high into the air, performing a graceful backflip that defies gravity itself. As you descend, your blade arcs in a swift, fluid motion, slashing through the air with a resounding hum. The abolists strike out with their tentacles, but you evade their attacks with breathtaking display of parkour stunts and arcane sigils etched into the area of the the air around you with a cerulean glow. You defy, uh, do you deftly hop from one surface to another, metallic platforms acting as both a stage and an extension of your acrobatic prowess, despite them trying to attack you as well. Walls become floors and ceilings become walls as you nimbly navigate the complex environment. Your sword becomes a blur of, of azure light, each strike accompanied by a sonorous hum and a shower of sparkling arcane sparks. The aboliths rise and screech in pain as your strikes find their mark, each blow guided by your preternatural uh, pre reflexes and mastery of the monk's martial arts. The battle rages on, the class of your blade against the aboliths' slimy hide echoing across the ethereal landscape, and with each blow you push your physical and mental limits, channeling the strange blue magic coursing through the sword to amplify your attacks and ward off the Aboleth's psychic assaults. And that is where your vision comes back mm -hmm. to the sounds and joyous laughter that fills the room you're in. And um, then after she put it back on, <laughs> she, she told him that if he ever did that again, she, uh, he, he would lose something vital. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> As you, uh, your eyes catch a couple of the children walking around. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to quickly sketch out just like trying to hold on to the thoughts, like sketch out who I saw, sketch out the platform, sketch out some abolis, sketch out sword glowing. Okay. Just, she's essentially making like a mini comic book for herself of crude sketches to remember this. Okay. Um, you all see Karina just kind of space for a good couple of minutes, <laughs> uh, just staring intently at Simone. Uh, and then comes to and just starts feverishly scribbling into her journal. 
I'd actually say that you look, Karina's eyes would be completely black, but not like with the starry void, but like almost like that of a raven. Yeah. Yep, just, we're just ravening out right here. <laughs> I'm assuming there is a uh, cr- mother, or, uh, uh, Getting a message from mother. Yeah. <laughs> Mom's paging. Um, has anyone done a sending to let Gariel know? Um, oh, no. Do you think you have magic? Devil? Devil does, yes. And he uh, would have. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's supposed to be like, shit. Oh, out of the frying pan into the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and he'll let you know that she misses you and um, she'll be here as soon as she can. She can only make the winds blow as hard as... And he stops himself and mm. leads out some certain descriptions. Mm-hmm. We look at the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, no, I, I, yeah, I gotcha, yeah. You good? Um, yeah, Simone was just um, telling me about some things. Uh, Those are really nice sketches. Oh, thanks. I draw a lot. Um, the cerulean magic? Yes. Um, I think I saw someone using it. But it was like in a sword and... It was both in the sword and like the way they were casting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it... It didn't feel internal the way that my wife described her magic, but kind of outward casting or a part of the sword. And she's going to start showing the sketches and kind of explaining the vision. Is it like channeled through the weapon? I don't don't know. Maybe have Petunia look into it. Yeah. Yeah. It, It seemed to... It seemed to work really well against the abolists. I'm what? In in the these things, I couldn't draw them very well. They they don't make sense to me. Uh, so I just drew a squid. Um, with three eyes, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's a squid with three eyes. She's like, eh. Um, but like, but like, I I was on a floating platform in in what I assume was the Feywild. It was a fucked up forest, and. They all kind of climbed up, but this magic seemed to repel them really well. Can I see the pictures? Yeah, of course. All right. Minus the squid, but you know. I was in the process of actually making sure all my spells were prepared. I was like, hey, legend lore. (laughs) Hey. Oh yeah, I gotta make sure mine are prepared. (laughs) Um, So there are two things you can legend lore about. Okay. You can either mm. focus on the magic that's being used or the person using it. And it's if you want to cast twice, that's also fine. I'm just letting you know how it's going to work. I will um, just, I'll, I'll basically describe that to, to everyone. Be like, do you think I should focus on the magic being used or the person that the magic. has the vision of? The magic first, yeah, magic. Um, I don't, I don't think there's a wrong answer, but actually, I'm I I gonna suggest the person because I was gonna if, suggest the person too because he was cool. I and and anyone that cool, I think, part of what makes them cool is that 
magic they can use, so you might get yeah, information he seemed, out. He seemed really good at it. Like, he really knew what he was what, doing. What was it? Real, real quick, before legend lore happens, does any of this sound familiar to Orakira and all the weird places she's been? Uh, Considering she knows what psionics are and has been to the Feywild? Um, you would be able to know that it's not psionic magic. This... Okay. You may have encountered something similar to, but that is because this is like esoteric eldritch magic. Oh, okay. I don't know where all of your adventures have taken you, but uh, if you don't recognize it, you can at least rule it out as something you've never seen. I think Orakira would, if she can't say what she thinks it is, yeah. uh, she's going to... She's just going to continue to say, uh, but you can do either, but I would suggest the person and because they're, sounds like they're a master of this thing. That's definitely my understanding. It could be, it could be two birds, one stone sort of situation. Yeah. Cause if we find the person and they're still around it or still around in the sense of history books, because generally I can only see people who have died. Well, if they're still, if they're, if they're dead, I can talk to them. That's true. So can I? Right. Well, I kind of. So, why don't we try the person first, and then if we are not satisfied, would you be able to do it a second time? Yeah. Bingo, bango. All right. You're so talented. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to do the person first. Oh, also, are you wearing the robes? Um, <laughs> hang on, I should probably clear that spell slot too, uh, or that thing too. She is, but I can imagine there was this moment before she came outside where it, like, they, they're fancy. Like, they're fancy. I would almost go as far to say they're a little loudly fancy, considering <laughs> it's probably going to be white when she puts them on. Um, and that just feels like a little bit of a target. So I'm going to cast Disguise Self to, like, not much, but, like, tone down fit a little bit. Not to, like... <laughs> Not to, like, turn it a different color, just, like, just make it a little more plain for Petunia. <laughs> ditching the sequins and the uh, jewels, yeah. Like, the stitching is beautiful, but it's just so loud. Harold's gonna, like, right before you start casting, go, are you wearing the robes? Yes. And um, you can see he wants to say, damn, they look good, but he... It's the one time no deception check will help him. Anybody with insight above five. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll say that, is this the first time you're casting in them? Yeah. Uh -oh. Yeah? Okay, so as you're wearing them, currently, they are black. Ooh. As you cast, this is for intentions of good, correct? Immediately, they become blindingly pristine white with the the gold edging and uh, very, very similar uh, to what Laurel Silverhand wears. Mm -hmm. Ooh, mood clothing. Oh. Nice. Um, Harold is obviously caught staring when he's like, ah, <laughs> like looks away. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and you can see that like it fades um, like from her 
or the, the edges of the hood and the cuffs of the arms slowly, almost like burning away uh, like the the thin layer of, of web over grass, if you've ever seen that slowly burn away. Um, and in its reveal, it goes from black to white. This girl's hot. Oh, it's so bright. Um, Anything yeah, she'll cast. Sorry. To, to tone it down. That's then, and then, then at some point she'll cast the they'll, she'll cast Legend Lore. Okay. Yeah. And you can you can adjust the brightness. You just can't change its color. Dial the contrast. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a little dial like <laughs> under its sleeve. He's like, hold on a second, hold on. <laughs> oh, there's actually built-in LEDs. This LED fabric. I turned down the uh, brightness. It's, it's like the RGB headphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the exact thing. I love it. I love it. Uh, you Gamer asked, robes. You asked about the sketches. Yeah. Did anything Karina sketched out look familiar? The Feywild. Uh, I would say that you like you could recognize that. Feywild-esque. For, for you, there was... Uh, you recognize Aboliths. Yeah. You recognize the black organic metallic structure. It's the one I saw in the Far Realm? No, it's... Well, yes. Yeah, because yeah. that's where you had the vision yeah. of the, th the thing that crashed into Toril, and you were in the water. You saw the Abolith. All of that. Yeah. The thing... This giant floating obelisk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seisha's just staring at that and just looks shook. Yeah. You do not see the obelisk itself. You just yeah. see aspects of uh, a interior design that looks yeah. familiar. The obelisk. <laughs> yeah. The obelisk. The obelisk. <laughs> it has so many abs. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, you spend the 10 minutes casting Legend Lore. And uh, as you set your book down and with your quill the quill begins to write on its own as it begins to fill in this strange language you do not understand do, do you understand it I understand you okay. don't understand however you do recognize Certain symbols oh, I see, I see. Yeah, that yeah. tie to deep speech, and these symbols are not—it's not written in deep speech. These symbols correlate to oh, that is how your brain interprets what an abolith is. That's how your brain interprets the word elder evil or whatever far realm. All of that stuff. Yeah. So it has similarities, but it is a language that you do not understand. Interesting. Very interesting. What? I can only read a little bit. Well, not really read. I can sort of like tell where this particular character derived and where the roots for were for deep speech, but only like, I wouldn't say abstract things, but like grammatically, this would be abolith and then this would be, I, I can't pronounce that, but. Do these look similar to the ritual symbols in the rituals that Venli and I you, took and went through? You and every time that you guys have seen far realm esoteric magic, mm -hmm. you see that the parts that are what Petunia is pointing out mm -hmm. do correlate yeah. with that style of symbol and Got language it. and stuff. But the entirety 
of what this is written in mm -hmm. is almost it's not thieves can't yeah and it's not a celestial divine Everybody. language right but it kind of feels esoteric Almost itself. Sort of hieroglyphic-y sort of thing? or um, hi Technically those exist because Malharond. But okay. um, otherworldly, okay. it's hard. It's genuinely I, just I'm hard to describe. It's like crop circles. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> does, it, does it sound when you talk about how there's elements of deep speech in there... Does do we get the sense this is older than deep speech and that's why or no it's it just how we're interpreting like these symbols more archaic version of that symbol I don't know if I could determine that with no I mean, because it's like if you were to write English and you were writing about um, Egyptian hieroglyphics mm -hmm. right and you would have um, this pharaoh yeah and it would have the hieroglyphic name. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, yes. got it. Mm. Uh, I will say that it is a language. Yes. yes, it is 100% a language. It's a language, it's just not deep speech as we know it. It got has, it. it references deep speech. Yep. Yeah. Old as hell. <clears throat> yeah, um, you know, uh, it, I, I'd say um, it could correlate if there was a gate in a star. <laughs> Um, but also, uh, it God. is a language that someone could comprehend. Yep. <laughs> can I do it ritualistically? I can. Hey. Okay. Give me 10 minutes, 11 minutes. <laughs> I don't, to hear this story, we'll give you as much time as you need. Okay. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and as that happens, you're able to understand these this writing um, and the way that this writing works is kind of the way that far realm deep speech works. Uh, you could also third eye oh. as well. Just FYI. Yes. If you didn't want to do the 10 minutes and just, yeah, fine. Do it eh. 10 minutes. I mean, I'm not right. yeah. yeah, regardless. Um, but it's more of something that is a, 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 a feeling that you understand as you look upon these words. It's not like an instant translation word for word. It's just you somehow- It takes some adjusting. You just, no, you just somehow now understand it. Ah. Um, and you understand this to translate as this is the a half elven hero known as Rhydon Kane. And he is known for fighting against the Far Realm incursion when the mage Maliana took the city of Zaifu into the Feywild. Radon is hailed as the reason she failed in the return of Zaifu to the Sea of Fallen Stars, as he was the only one to go on the mission, but there is no information as to what the mission was. There is no record of him ever being seen or heard from again. As the last member of the Keepers of the Cerulean Sign, and in his final moments to thwart the abolithic sovereignty, he merged with the sign and sacrificed himself to unleash enough magic in order to stop Maldiana from fully opening some gate whose remnant still holds somewhere in the Underdark of the Feywild. 
all of that is um, reiterated pretty much like as eloquently as that because that was you know I, that, I can't do that justice. And if any two people besides Orkira want to make a history roll, uh, or not a history, sorry, a remembrance roll, so that is your intelligence at disadvantage, you have heard this name before. Mm. But my intelligence is bad, so anybody I'll else? Do it. I'll do it. Yeah, so y'all do it. My, in, in my intelligence best. modifier at disadvantage. Mm. Sure. I'll take those oh, odds. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Seventeen. Okay. Eight. Eight. Petunia, you are too well, focused. I'm, I'm wiped out from like figuring out this this alien language. I'm like, I need a bite to eat. Um, and I would say with the comprehend language, you would understand that there is a correlation with it and the eldritch esoteric language, quote-unquote, of deep speech. Mm. Um, but you may learn more if you look into what the magic or the keepers are. But for you, you remember right before you went into Evermeet, Lamaruil spoke of a man he met that fought against the Far Realm named Rhydon Kane. Lamaril knew him. You also remember that he didn't have a lot of information. He was a part of a very secret, secret order. Okay. So. He, Lamaril talked about him before we left for Evermeet. He, he was talking about um, this, this man, uh, right on Cain, who was fighting against the Far Realms. Wow, really? Yeah. Do we want to learn more about Cerulean magic? Yeah. Okay. I think that would help since he put the last of himself into it. It'd make a lovely addition to this book. I, I can tell you this. This is the best spell I've ever invested in. Um, you'll have to spend the time to cast Legend Lore again, but you do not have to cast Comprehend Languages again because that lasts an hour. Uh, but once again, the book fills with those eldritch and esoteric language um uh and you <clears throat> look into and ask it about the cerulean sign and it basically translates to it is uncertain when the cerulean sign was first discovered or when the secret order of its keepers were formed Knowledge of their existence is heavily obscured and erased, knowing that any information about them could cause them to lose any advantage against the aberrations. It is said their magic was discovered in tandem by using the Far Realm against the creatures that call it home. It is unsure as to how this magic works. And this legend lore, you know the limitations of it. Sometimes it is vague um, because it can only give you the information that people would know. And you are starting to realize just how secret this place is. Um, and is unsure how it works, but it's been rumored to trap or harm aberrations in ways that can destroy them rather than banish them back to their realms. However, there has not been any sign of the Keepers ever since 
the flying obelisk over the Sea of Fallen Stars returned after disappearing during the Spell Plague, and the only thing that you get about it is two words, the source. Uh, when I hear the source, would that make me think of the Mithalar? Yeah, I'm not going to make you roll it. Because yes. that's what yes. that's really yeah. what I think. Yeah. Hundred percent. And I'll say that out loud. And Harold has a brain moment and goes, Wouldn't that be the Mithalar? That would make sense. Oh shit. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. If we could become cerulean badasses, we could poke the eye out forever. That's a way of putting it, but you're right. That's a great title. Good find, Karina. Way to yeah. go. Petunia. I mean, fucking holy shit. It's all coming together. Woo! High five. <laughs> hey, the thanks goes to Simone. She's the one that bugged me until I was able to get it. As you say the word Simone's bug, you right see Simone here. scarfing down a roach. Oh, good girl. Oh. Good girl. Pest control. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Simone. Thank uh-huh. you for cleaner for everybody. Biblio handles the rats. Simone's got the pests. We're, we're doing pretty good. And everyone gets protein. <laughs> okay, on that note, uh, do we want to go ahead and head over to Staves and Steel? Yeah, I think we should. I think so, yeah. And almost serendipitously, luck would have it. <laughs> <laughs> Petunia, you get a sending. A voice echoes up into the back of your mind that only you can hear. Mm-hmm. Word is returned of your, success, of your success. Meet in the portal. Help has retrieved some of the fallen. Inform the others. We must plan for tomorrow. As you recognize Vajra's voice. Understood. Will confer with group. Thank you for notifying me. Best of luck. See you around soon. I don't know what else to say. Go together. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Over <laughs> and out. I don't know what else to say. That was, um, I just got a message from Bowser Safar, um, as it were. They're, um, they, she asked us to meet up with them and help out with the Aftermath. Where are we meeting? Portal. Nine portal. Okay. Let's go. I believe that's what I said. Okay. Um, you exit through. Uh, you can either go to the manhole or you can conveniently go into your uh, cellar where there is a secret door that leads uh, into... We paid for this secret door. I say we use it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know you could buy secret doors. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, then it, we it should definitely get your sewer. money's worth. Yeah, I mean, it, it just leads into the sewer, but mm. it's really convenient. Um, let's let's get going. Okay. Um, and then, uh, without any complications, you're able to navigate uh, the sewers and find yourselves near the awning portal. Okay, so they just said to meet at the portal? I 
That's Petunia. Yeah. Petunia, they just said to meet at the portal. Sorry. That, repeat that. that. That's what you told me. Okay. Well, let's head up. And I will go up the ladder that leads to the portal. The closest manhole to the portal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, as you get up, you can still see that although not as heavy as it was at the end of the day yesterday, there's still a haze that holds over this city from the smoke and fires and just the overall dust and destruction that happened the day before mm-hmm. you exit back out and out of the stench that is these sewers back into that blistering cold um, you can hear the wind just cutting through all of the ruins of the castle ward and this this actually relaxes Seisha it reminds her of being home with the monastery kind of in ruins and the way the wind would rush into them. And it was and almost you like are much further north is a lot colder yeah. where you are from. Yeah. But it, it's just, she's basically listening to the music of the wind through the rubble. Mm-hmm. And Orkira is mm-hmm. having the opposite reaction. Uh-huh. Even, even though she's been told about what has happened, see, this is like the first time she's really seen it firsthand, oh. especially a place she knows. Yeah. Karina's bitching about the cold under her breath. <laughs> As a distraction, Orkira will walk on over to you and she'll produce flame in her hand and, and hold it out and say, oh it's not much. Thank you. Yeah, sure. I lived on and an I, island for 50 years. I'm not a fan of the cold myself, so I get you. Um, yeah. And you enter into the yawning portal. And you see a couple of people there. Um, you see Laurel. You see Vajra. Um, and in the back, you see not one, but probably a dozen bodies. Mm-hmm. Currently covered, resting upon the tables or floors wherever space is available. But properly laid out. Yeah. Okay. Not for, like, funeral. No, but, like, like they're not stacked. No. They're just... Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's... You can see there's a bunch of discussions being had. Um, there isn't a large convene of, like, it was when you guys were in the war room trying to figure out what to do next. You see Mert and Dernan. Um, and you see, you do see some of the others. You see, uh, uh, oh God, the Magus leader. Forget her name. Olgoria. Olgoria. Uh, you see Salazar. And uh, you see that they're being tended to. Uh, or they have already been tended to from the day previous as they show signs of grievous wounds. Um, But they're alive and well, just injured. And uh, what do you all do? Seisha's going to walk from table to table and just, um, she'll pull the sheet back and look at the person 
And if she knows them, she pulls out her book and she writes the name in her book to give to Venley. Um, most of them you do not know. Okay. Uh, these are some of the other nameless bodies in the sense of the, the people you had not met. Yeah. The extra NPCs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you are given names. Thank you. Uh, you learn that in their end someone goes to say something Mert will actually go to say something but it's in reverence uh, and he stops himself before he says something too much Karina's actually unsettled by how good Mert is behaving yeah it's that, um, that nervousness. When Mert you see editing that himself has deeply unsettled Sasha. <laughs> you, uh, I will say that the chain of words that he was about to say didn't sound like he was going for an inappropriate punchline, but more so giving away information he shouldn't. Yeah, for Karina, it's more like, oh, yeah. it's that when yeah. you see your class clown being serious for yeah. the first time, that level of uncomfortability, it makes everything heavier yeah 100 percent. because if even if even mert of all people is being serious there's not love to be to be found oh yeah noticing that and picking up that what mert was about to say was also stuff that he was being cautious about i want to lean over to petunia and say hey petunia um can you do that spell that lets us all talk in our brains See if I have it prepared. It's original. If I, can, if I can work on it while we sit. Because I get the sense we're all going to want to talk and not be out loud. I'm also going to put uh, two silver in each person's hand and curl it around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can see Maloon kind of leaning up against the kind of back wall um, the very ornate axe mm -hmm. on his back but his arm is kind of in a sling um, as he's kind of resting up against that. Going through the bodies do I find Renair? You do find Renair. The second I see him I'm going to cover it back up and go over to V and I'm just going to take V's hand gently, kind of in a, like, you can yank it back if you don't want. Just go, V, um, I know you guys broke up, uh, but if you want to see him. I don't, I don't know if I should. That's okay. I That's up to you, but I wanted to tell you that I knew where he was if you wanted that moment and we could keep people away if you needed it. I don't know. I feel guilty. Why? Well, I don't feel like I treated him very well. And I, it just feels I don't know. It's a lot of complicated emotions, I guess. 
for what it's worth, he seemed really noble, and there's a possibility that he would go running out there anyway, whether you were together or not. I, I know it's hard. It's, it's hard to not feel guilty, but I think you don't have anything to feel guilty for, but I know that'll take some time. An aversion to being restored. I mean, we could, we could bring him back, couldn't we? We can try. It depends know. on his wishes. I know. That's that's why I said, does he have a particular? I don't think I don't think he's against being brought back alive. I I just personally can't do that. Clarification. I can do it. Is this in your it. head? Uh, no, I'd ask out loud. Okay. Because the people from the organization may know. Vajra will step up as you all know that Vajra had a deep, rich history with Rhaenyra. That was Um, gonna be the next person I asked. (laughs) Uh Balloon also goes to speak up as well, but. Yeah, Vajra will say, all the high priests are gone. We can do it. As for uh, wanting to come back, uh, he's been brought back before. Was he keen on it, or was he regretful? I mean, more regretful. Is that at least? I mean, if he gets too upset about it, we'll just have a one of those cage fights you guys like so much. Um, he, if, if we try, he can make that decision. Jesus. He can reject it if he wants, I guess. Yeah. Don't you get a choice talk. in the afterlife when it's a I don't, I don't know how yeah. it works. I haven't. We, it's, we offer a chance for them to come back and they can take it if they want, but you can't force a spirit to come back. And there's so, no guarantee that it works. Well, that's worth a shot, right? I mean, yeah. then we'll I've know if that's what he wants or not. Yeah. I've got everything we need. Harold, do you want to do it or do you want me to perform the right? I'll handle this one. Uh, Harold's gonna reach into his coat and pull out a diamond. Uh, the only one he has is worth a thousand. Uh, but that's the one he's got. Okay. And I will... Poor will look uncomfortable for a second and then (laughs) stand next to Harold. Harold will start getting everybody into position and explain to them the death rules, which you guys can explain out of play. Um, For you viewers that want to see the coolest death rules in any oh, game. So That's why Definitely you buy snuck them. out. I knew it. I knew you. Available on DM's Guild. Uh, yes. Um, so when someone perishes, you go across the mixture between Oceanus and the River Styx where Quran ferries you to the Crystal Spire to speak with Kelimvor, at least Forgotten Realms, uh, God of the Dead. When you ascend the stairs, a ritual can be performed um, where those practicing in resurrections beyond revivify can call out to the spirit and offer something. It doesn't have to, it doesn't go away. It's just a tie. A 
a plead to, of retu to return. When you do this, roll a d20. And just like death saves, if it is uh, 10 or below, it results in a uh, red or um, complicated or complication. Complication. Yeah, <laughs> complicated success. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's in my head a little bit. <laughs> uh, the midnight world. No. Um, <laughs> and uh, if it is eleven or more, it adds a green marble to your bag. You do not have to participate. It only increases the marbles of both red and green. When someone starts, they have one black marble, which is it does not matter. Your fate has been told. One bargain marble. Bargain, that's what it's called. And five life marbles. Renair currently has three black marbles. Okay. His original, Two. the death he has had before, and the death he is currently in. Three. He has five life marbles. I'm going to move over opposite Four. where V's standing and take his Five. hand and just hold his hand while we're doing this. He currently has three red marbles. Three I don't know why I thought you were about marbles. to say he, oh, had, he currently has no hands. Yeah, I was worried about that too. <laughs> two, I'm going to hold his hand. He currently has no, no hands. <laughs> the three bargain marbles signify the other resurrections he has participated in. Because when you make this offering to plead, you are pleading with death and Kalimvor himself, and therefore are also making a deal with death. This will be my sixth resurrection assist. Good God. This is my third. <laughs> this uh, is my third if you were only counting D4. Uh, only, only counting D4. I think this is my third. I, no, because you've done at least one more than I have. Oh, then I guess I have four? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I, I set one out that everyone else did. I don't remember. I remember setting one out as well. But I've died Harold, twice. My bag's but, full. But if <laughs> Harold... Okay, if Harold... Raise your hand if you've died. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have helped resurrect... Yeah, I guess it would be Vinley, Harold twice... And Arkira? Your brother. That was a, a Phoenix version. That's right. There was that was different, though. That wasn't like this. Yeah, okay. Karnan. Yeah, and mine was a, a revivify. This so. would be your fourth. This is your fourth. Yeah. One. Uh, for me? Or yeah, because Vinny, okay, okay. Harold, Harold, this. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, and just, you know, uh, somewhere in your notes on your character sheet, just, you know, keep track of, of that. And it can you can have it be... You know, green, black, red, and just kind of keep track of how I many I just put you have. death, the number of times I died, and then red stones, because that you get the red stone each time you help. Yep. yep. But as Harold begins this ritual, what does your ritual look like, Harold? It is one oh. that, it is <laughs> something you stole. Ooh. Yeah, I did steal it. Um, it probably looks like... It could be like playing a... Yeah, like a song, eulogy sort of thing. Um, Who'd you steal it from? 
I stole it from you. Uh, so Errol just starts playing parting glass. Purple glass. phoenixes for sure. So I I will say to um, <laughs> to Petunia's point, you know the song that sh- that Orkira sings. That's when true. She's doing it. If so, you want to go that route, you can do whatever you I want. I love that but, route. I love yeah. that route. Let's do you that. Sing, you'll sing it better than I will. I don't know about that. Uh, and I will roll performance because why not? Thirty. Oh, you entire... will sing it way better than I will. You bring the entire room to tears. And I will sing uh, the song that I've heard Orkira sing too many times now. Because um, it is a it is a sad song, but it's, you know, it's also a hopeful song. Um, so that is, uh, that's how I start. Okay. Oh. This is heavy already. Is anybody participating in the ritual? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I will. Just because Karita has that moral quandary, I'm going to look at V, and I have a passive insight of 19. Um, How much does it look like V wants this to happen? Oh, V wants him alive. She doesn't want him dead. Oh yeah, she's just gauging like the your feelings on it. Um, she feels. I mean, she feels guilty, um, and she feels like she should have put in more efforts to mm-hmm. be friends, but yeah. also isn't sure if that's the right thing to have done. Or to just leave him alone. Like, it's kind of complicated. She wants to help bring him back to life, but also is unsure if she wants to... um, Continue or not? Continue forging a friendship because she knows that she doesn't have stronger feelings for him the way he does for her. And, like, she does feel like some unresolved issue like like unresolved business i guess through his death like you know what i mean yeah then karina will join for v okay Okay. um maloon would also join in and so would vajra all right who steps forward I think Orgera will go first, especially yeah. if he hears Harold start to sing a very familiar song and knowing that there's probably some people who know Rainier way better than she does who and, should go last. And we'll we'll have Harold be the final yeah. person to go since you are the one performing the ritual. Um, so it is an hour-long casting time. So uh, over the course of an hour, this takes place. Um, um, or here reaches into her bag and pulls out um, a small pouch that none of you have seen before and she opens it up and scoops out what looks like black sand just like obsidian black sand and sprinkles just a little bit of it on Renair's chest Okay. there's no guilt coming back I want you to know that. 
is only love. Hyman Rakavaj Shabawano Bunim Vedalotalot. And I don't know if anyone speaks primordial. Uh, I do, actually. Uh, what you... <laughs> Karina wouldn't know the prayer specifically, but yeah. what she's saying is uh, life is but the home we build, death is just the door. And she'll step back. I'll step up. Uh, having druid crafted a bouquet of chrysanthemums. As in some cultures, chrysanthemum means death, and in other cultures, chrysanthemums mean longevity and optimism. Um, but Lauren, if you would please roll a d20. Oh yes, for yeah. Please let us know what you roll. A seven. All right, with that, Another bargain marble. A bargain marble. We'll go into the bag. And um, I will after roll we do that, for roll. Natural 20. Yeah! Okay. Oh, you're gonna jump? It's yeah, a jumpy look, baby. Look, he eats it. And then he uh, rolls away. That will be a green. It does a not. life marble. Natural 20s and natural 1s do not affect the number of marbles. Yeah, still. <laughs> um, I have a question for the team. Yeah. If they have, okay, so as we all know, I make notes and then they're chaos and I don't understand them later. <laughs> I have a brooch. Is that something Renair gave me? It was his mother's. Yeah. That's I what I thought. Yep. Okay. Okay. I've had it this whole time. That was one of the first things you ever Thanks. got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I like I saw it and I was like, I know I made this note four years ago. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to double check before yep. I made an ass of myself. All good. Yeah. Okay. Um I he Oh yeah, you going first? Uh, yeah, I figured you're kind yeah, of yeah, a bigger that, that. emotional All good. Continue. <laughs> Um, Seisha kind of lifts his hand and clasps it with her other one and uh, she looks down at him I had never left home found myself in a strange city with strange people and we were looking into something uh, the disappearance of someone and we found ourselves in this warehouse building. It was filled with Kenku. And then we won. And we found this person. We thought it was who we were looking for, but of course it wasn't because it's us. <laughs> but it was one of the greatest discoveries of our lives. You have been with us every step of the way. You've been an ally, a guide, a friend, and then some. And you understand what we're doing, Renair. You know the ins and outs. 
You know we can't do this without you. We need you. And I hope you have it in you to come back and keep helping us. And if it's time for you to rest, rest assured we won't give up. Fifteen. Okay, another life marble is added to the bag. Tunia um, will uh, come up with her autograph book, and she will turn it open to, I believe, the page she does have Renair's autograph in, and she'll lay it out, and she'll use two nibs to weigh down the pages. Um, she she can't think of, of anything quite to, to say at this moment, but she does just kind of like seem to share a long moment of silence between uh, her and Rainier before stepping back. All right, go ahead and roll a d20. One I can re-roll on. Hmm. I'm actually curious. Is it something I can? Uh, it would not be. Okay, then I got a four. Okay. <sighs> Bargain marble is added to the bag. And Maloon will speak up. It was, uh, 1479. When some goody-two-shoes mage hired me to escort her into the sewers to rescue a trapped dwarven worker. And it was there that we heard a certain somebody scream which then led us to investigating a homeowner's house. I fucking hated you when I first met you. I thought you were a spoiled rich kid descended from your father. But I was quick to learn that I was wrong. That you're nothing like him and, and it's because of you that I have this. He'll pat the sword, the axe on his back. You're one of my best friends. And our time as moon stars, we did a lot of good. And you continue to do good. And your time's not up yet. So wake up. Do it out here. Not as an eleven. Nice. Oh. Mm. And 
That will be a life marble added to the bag. Um, Vajra will step up, nodding to everything Maloon says. And I don't have many words. All I can say is I'm here because of you. You rescued me from being tortured and captured. And although the city believed I unworthy, you always did. I think I really need that person back to believe in me once again. And she'll take a piece of the shattered uh, black staff and place it on his chest. A reminder of what I hold because of you. Oh, I'll roll it. Yeah, that's better. It's the same exact number. It's 13. <laughs> Can confirm. And that will be another life marble added to the bag. And last but not least, Harold. Nope, I think B saw oh, I gotta oh, go. Sorry, I, I'm last but not least. How dare you? No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, you asking the question for some reason out of play in my oh. brain was like, oh, B already went. But yeah, no, I got sorry, you. continue. Uh, B first. Is it me or Harold? You. you. Okay. You go ahead. Um, V is uh, fiddling with the uh, brooch in her hands that uh, he gave to her that, you know, she knows is his mother's and um, she, you know, I guess any insight you can kind of feel that she feels conflicted having it at all. Um, and, you know, she approaches and uh, says, um, uh, I, I never really quite know what to say and somehow I always end up saying like way too much all at the same time. Um, and I am sorry that Things, you know, didn't work out between us. I didn't really know how to handle that. I have never been with really or broken up with someone before, and I didn't really know how to handle a situation like that. I did it very, very cowardly, and I just felt awkward I didn't know what to do and I'm really sorry if um I hurt you and made you feel not remarkable or great um because you are you are remarkable and you are great and um it's you know really my loss and um I'm sorry that I'm just not more emotionally available 
as a person. Um, I really don't think it had anything to do with, you know, who you are and how you treated me or anything like that. I think that I just wasn't ready for a serious relationship. And I'm sorry that I didn't express all of this to you when you were alive. And I just avoided you and, you know, pretended like it was all just gonna go away eventually and things will be fine and just, you know, water under the bridge and whatever. And um, I'm sorry that it took you literally dying <laughs> for me to say all the things that you deserve to hear and know. That's very cowardly of me. And I'd be happy to repeat this again to your face alive if you want. Um, I also understand if you don't want to hear from me again. Um, sorry, you can't escape me even in death. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, this brooch I know meant a lot to you. I know that it meant something very, very important when you you gave it to me and I don't deserve to have it, but I do want you to have it back. And um, I do love you even if it's not in the way that you want. And I hope that my honesty counts for something. Okay. Roll a d20. Nine. Okay. Wasn't a great speech. <laughs> it was a good speech. Bargain marble. From the heart. To the back. I should have been in that skill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and Harold, as the ritual concludes, you roll a d20. Alrighty. Natural 20. <gasps> and with the end, do you want to do anything with your roll? Uh, yeah. I think Harold's going to walk over to him and, like, kind of put his hands on his chest as the energy kind of flows through him into uh, Renair. And he's going to say, well, it says something that I'm not incredibly emotional. Um, I am extremely emotional, but I've, I think we've both just seen so many people go now. It's, it's, watered us down in ways we don't want to admit but you were like before I knew I had a brother there was Voss and there was you and I lost Voss now I've lost you and I don't know how to deal with that I 
have been everywhere with you. We have stayed in your house. I put a lobster in a vase. That's on me. I have to live with that. And you have to live with that too because the smell's still there. Mm. And we've also faced down the god of murder and you you saved my life. You gave me more time with Petunia. You did a, a lot for me. You you saw through my lies. Something Manshoon couldn't do. You knew me, and I know you, and I don't think you're done. I think you'd like to be back. I would do anything to get you back. Unfortunately, this is the most I can do. The rest is up to you. And as he takes his hands off his chest, you see the empty, morbid makeup from where he's given him each time. Okay. And he will step back. And uh, yeah, you rolled the natural 20, which was a life bargain mm -hmm. added to it. Life marble. Oh, yeah, life marble. Um, but on Rhaenyra's side of the world, he finds himself upon the ashen shores looking at the dark, smoky quartz crystal of the crystal spire. And as he ascends the staircase that seems almost endless, his entire life slowly flashes before his eyes, kind of reflected in the crystal. And it's at these moments of his life where he met you all or the memories you speak of in your eulogies that really seem to resonate and he can hear your voice. And as he climbs and as V places the brooch, he feels a hand in his and he looks over as his mother is standing next to him, walking up the rest of the way. It's at the top where she can't follow. Her fate has already been determined and she returns back to whatever extra planner she stepped in from, if only for a moment. And he looks upon the glory that is Kelimvor. Renair, never ember. Do you wish to pass on? I'd rather not. Still not to do, but I mean, at the end, of the end of the day, it's your choice. But we'll see if fate has in store for me or not. I hear the cries of your friends, their stories, begging. I, I think I still have a little bit of uh, pissing my dad off left to do, but we'll, we'll see what happens. And if Renair could please pull 
It's in the bag. Oh my god, man, come on. Red. Oh. If your time is not here, then perhaps a deal we can make. And, uh... <laughs> Renair could roll a d100. Yeah, let's go. We're gonna do it out here. Yeah, it's real fun, let me tell you. <laughs> here we go. There's too much excitement for me. I'm having a heart problem. <laughs> We don't get to do this very much. <laughs> I never get to roll this. I'm excited. This is the first time I've gotten to roll in the bargain table. 16. 16. Yeah. Sweet 16. It'll be good, right? That's doubly scholarly. Yeah. Mm. It's like double scholar. Right? Cool. Uh, oh, he's duly, getting his master's. Duly noted. Wow. Yep. I don't like y'all's reaction. Just say it. And with the bargain... Struck with Kelimvor, unbeknownst to you all, as you all sit and Harold completes the ritual, there is a heartbeat. I'm holding his hand, so I assume I'm... And a breath as... Right here. Oh, there you are. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's the worst hangover I've had in a long time. It's awful. I pull it's out the, the bottle <laughs> and oh. set it on the oh table. <laughs> oh, God. I here. forgot how much this sucks. <laughs> hey, buddy, welcome back. Would you prefer back. the alternative? Oh, I mean, you know, I didn't hurt. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, 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 and he kind of sits up. Oh, hey, Akira. It's been uh, a minute. Oh, you know, I just wanted to stop by, see how you were doing. Oh, you know, I'm good. <laughs> just I, hanging out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm dead, you know, in pieces. Well, you know, it's thanks to Harold that you're back here in one piece. And I'll give Harold a little pat on the shoulder and then step back for, for him and V and everybody. Uh, Harold will spark to Akira. And wow. he'll oh, walk over and hug hug him. Yeah. Oh, ow, oh, God. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Oh, yep, oh. sorry. No, it's, I mean, yeah. It's on me. Do you want some healing? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's... And Vajra will join you, Harold, in this hug. And something you notice is he stinks. Oh, no. Mm. Um, it's not like something that is obviously noticeable. It's just when you're like that very close yeah, There's hug, like a, a rotten... Like a sulfuric... Yeah, a Wait, rotten egg smell. Was, was his drawback body odor? Um... <laughs> Amongst other things. Oh, okay. Did he evacuate his bowels upon death, Wait. as humans I'll are wont to do? I'll cast prestidigitation just in case. I'm sure he feels a little clammy anyway. For, hmm. the, for a short period of time, he no longer smells. Mm. I don't it like that short period right of time. Okay. Is he still rotting? Oh, no, it, 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 it's not a, like, rotten smell. Like I said, it definitely, it's like a... a it's like a fart. 
And it, it just doesn't it's go like away. A, yeah, it's that soul. It's that rotten <laughs> egg. Like, like, that like you just like struck a, a match and that smell that you get yep. from striking a oh, match. Oh, I like that smell. Yep. Or um, uh, burnt uh, black powder. Like when you've let on fire. Kara's actually pretty yeah. happy about this. She's like, wow, oh, upgrade. But, oh. Oh. Oh, God. How long does... Oh, I'm so... Oh, I'm tired. It's been about a day. No, no, okay. Yeah. I think you've earned a nap. It worked. Yeah. But, like, not a long days of nap. napping. Oh. We got him, Rainier. What? We got him. Oh, that's good news. Yeah. He kind of looks over. Oh, that's not. No. Fuck. No. Yeah, they, um. It was a, it was, um. Ambush? Yeah, it was a trap. Yeah, they had a spy. Oh, piss. It's okay, the spy was dealt with. That's good. That's good. Oh. Oh. Help me stand. Yeah, come here. Yeah, there. Yeah. Oh, yes. I move out of oh. the way between him and V and just kind of mosey over to where Karina is. Oh, God. Why is the room spinning? That, oh. that happens. Just uh, stop looking around. Find, find a point, focus on it. This isn't a normal... Reaction, oh yeah, is it? Uh huh. Oh, okay. You okay, have okay. a negative five to everything for five days or four, four, negative four days. That's negative oh, four. Oh, Sorry. That's right. Every I was day. C, so we skipped that. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it, it, yeah, very very much the yeah. It's just everything Can't confirm is. Confirm that's what it feels like. Starting your body. Yeah. <laughs> is is Here, Laurel still standing <laughs> nearby? Do what? Is Laurel still standing nearby, or she joined in on the love fest? Uh, Laurel is still standing by. She um, did not join in on the love fest, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she or is familiar and and friendly with Renair, but they are not. They're not as close as Vajra and Balloon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, as this is happening, when Orkira backs away, she's gonna walk over to Laurel, and stand awkwardly for a moment, and then say, "The rest of them, do we have family to bring them to?" They're here. What family is... Well... (sighs) Yes and no? If they need... anything... I don't know who else is in town, but... uh, you're not without a high priest anymore. I appreciate that. And rebuilding will take time, but one that we will gladly do. There is much to discuss. Over the telepathic bond, I have something that might take care of Rhaenyra's negative effects, but do we want to give it to him, or do we I want... I think five days of rest is pretty much on the docket for this guy. Yeah, okay. I'm just... That sounds like a good idea. I think... Yeah, Zaysha, I, I, I think he appreciates it, but also from experience, sleep. It's just sleep. Ah, uh, I mean, it's sleep. 
Right. Anyways, um, hey, you guys. Hey, V. Hey. Um. So, how you doing? <laughs> Karina, <laughs> to avoid totally keeping an ear out. To but. avoid the awkwardness <laughs> and also because guilt has completely overwhelmed her at this point, Karina is going to go around to each body and say a dwarven prayer of being sorry to each person that they couldn't bring back. Um, and something that you can see is there's a, all of them have a pen on them. Mm -hmm. and it is a harp. Okay. Um, but I will pat V on the shoulder and like encourage her if she wants to say something. Um, um. Um. Oh. I'm sorry you died. Yeah, it sucked. But it's not the first time. Probably won't be the last. Like, you anticipate dying a few more times, or just like one more time? I'm, I'm hopefully just the one. Okay, yeah, no, that's, that makes sense. You know, Unless the, the one... Unless something happened and you became immortal, but... One send-off, so when I, I go and speak to that spooky, skeletal bastard, mm. that I can be like, yes, it's time, let's go, I'm ready to move on to whatever plane of existence my soul is going to reside in. Mm. Um, but... I heard you. Well, I'm glad you're back. <laughs> oh, God! Christ. You don't need to worry. And I cherish you as a friend. You've never offended me. And the thing I love most of all is just your absolute brashness for any situation. And regardless of how you reside in my heart, all that matters is that you're there. And like I said, you in my life is more important. I. I mean, come on, it's the Best Friends Guild, after all. Well, for what it's worth, I am sorry, and I am glad that you came back, and she gives him a hug. And he'll return it. Um, and just kind of very weakly kind of give you a squeeze, but it is very, very weak. Yeah, I imagine he's negative five to everything. And we'll just kind of, again, kind of, kind of grasping you on, on the shoulders and we'll just kind of smile and just, we're good, I promise. Okay. Kind of give you this like across the shoulder, but it is just a barely like a little tap. Yep. Um, 
Oh. So, we have a lot to talk about, I assume. Um, what now? And he'll kind of look to Laurel. Sorry, I was, we were in that footsie. I was kicking her in the I had no idea. I was like, is that, what is under this table? And I'm shocking. Turns out I'm just savagely kicking her in the foot the whole time. <laughs> Brutal. Um, and Laurel, seeing that you all have welcomed Renair back and the ceremony is over, will ask about your plans for the future. But... I think we might skip over that. Um, as that happens, V and Harold, you are actually pulled to the side by Mert as Laurel begins to speak. Yep. And he brings you in. He goes, All right, you bloodthirsty mad mage murders. There's some sing-song business for us to tend to. I don't get your knickers in a twist because even the wolf doesn't know what song we're playing tonight. But if I were to guess, it'd have to do with the future of Waterdeep. And the strings would he have to pull to get her to sing the way we need her to. I hope Monte did you good in the fight yesterday. And sadly, he can't follow because we had to wander. We'll have to wander through to the sewers. Was told there would be markers for us to follow. As they say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink piss or shit. <laughs> so, are you in? I'm in. All right. well, I'd like to know more details. As I said, even I don't know. Then whatever we gotta do, we gotta do. All right. Come out of and then wrap this up quick, because we got to go. Let's go ahead. All right. And as the rest of you talk and figure out what it is you're gonna do, Harold and V head off into the, the sewers with Mert. Um, and with that, we're going to take a break. Oh, boy. I'm more nervous about that than I was about any of the resurrection stuff. Yeah. That right there. It's, oh. Hashtag episode title. <laughs> we'll be back soon. So stay with us. And if you have not done so already, please enter hashtag Eldritch into the chat. And we'll see you in about 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. That that was a lot. That was a lot to take in. So just just take a moment, center yourself, take a deep breath, and then we'll go on. And we're back. Welcome to the second half. A very emotional episode. Uh, First half, uh, people got resurrected and, and laid to rest. And then Mert pulled Harold and V 
uh, off to uh, <clears throat> a corner of the Staves and Steel in under the first layer of Undermountain. They're in the Yawning Portal. Or in the Yawning Portal. Sorry, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the Yawning Portal, uh, where he says that uh, there's uh, some harbor business, um, and uh, they need to go fairly quickly. So while the rest of the group discusses what is to come, um, or at least hears out from what Laurel and them have to say, Mert and V and Harold excuse themselves and head into the sewers. Uh, if you all inquire at all, Mert will directly let you know it's hard for business. You know, can't really... Interfere with business that. is none of my business. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of people I'm going to help lay to rest anyway, so it's fine. I got some laid to rest to witness. I'm good. <laughs> um, as you go through the sewers, you're on the far, not furthest south end, but pretty far into the city. Um, and after a while, you see that he's pointing, like he, he looks over walls and corners, his eye, there it is. And he points out something that just looks like a scribble mark or something. Um, but you're used to Thieves Can't by now because of uh, Voss and Seisha and all of the other roguish people that communicate uh, in secretive ways. And you're led through a literal maze of tunnels. It doesn't seem like it has any direction. But maybe that's its purpose. To cause confusion. Because after a while you realize you don't know where you are in the city. What are you doing? We've got to turn to Mert and say, for a guy who doesn't know what we're doing, you sure seem to know where we're going. I don't, where just, are we? They're just pointing out the symbols. Do you not see it? It's right. They have a carved, yeah, more like dark chalk grimed over. I mean, I see the symbols. I don't know, A, what they mean, or B, what we're doing. Oh, to give you a whole breakdown of what uh, the thieves' language is, that'd take, that'd take more time than I have, honestly. And, um, I mean, it, <laughs> you're starting to sound like a shriveled bruised sack. Next, you'll start complaining about the stench. Huh? I've probably spent more time... Well, no, I probably haven't spent more time in the sewers than you have. But I basically lived, a, a, I'd say, a third of my life in the city in the sewers at this point. <laughs> if you're worried that we're lost, this is an old tactic to cause confusion and any pursuers to feel lost and duped into a wild goose chase. Fair enough. It's probably because... Uh, it kind of nods. I mean, the war is not over. We still have no, to. We still have to confuse the Zintarum. or old skunk boy and his band of blacks and whites. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. <clears throat> but, eventually. Oh, sorry. You're gonna say something, B. No. Okay. Uh, I'll say something to Katie. This yeah. Load of barnacles. Yeah. I'm about to be like, I, uh, V does give like a knowing glance 
to Harold that like yeah. something is up and that yeah. she suspects that. 100%. And just, and just kind of is a little bit more on guard. Yeah. You all still have telepathic bond up. Oh, right. Okay. B says directly to Harold in her head. Something is up. This is weird. Yeah. Something strange. I can't tell whether Mert's lying about not knowing what we're doing or if he absolutely knows and is, is taking, taking this little mission on his own. What do you think he could possibly be hiding from us? You don't think he's working with... I don't I... know. You don't think so? I don't think so. Can but us hear this? Or is it, he can did. you just direct to one person? Can't direct to one Are person. we sure this is Mert? Yeah, he's big. Yeah, but we disguise ourselves as people all the time. Yeah, but I can't make myself that big. <laughs> oh. Hey, guys. Okay. Guys, are you okay? Totally fine. Mert's being weird. We're going somewhere weird. We suspect something weird is happening. Okay. Also, we don't know where we are. Give us a shout out. There's deal. a problem. Yeah, we'll, we'll absolutely let you guys know. I will find a way to let you know where we are. If there's once, once you've I got would, a landmark, let us know. I, yeah, I would give you a, a, an explanation, a, a description of our surroundings, except it's just, uh, you know, brick wall, brick wall, brick wall, a corner, Steve. water. <laughs> are you in the sewers? Yeah. We're in the corner of stink and stank, all right? Just relax. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to you soon. All right. Be careful. All right. And <clears throat> after quite some time trekking through the corner of stink and stank, yeah. you come to a door. Um, you see that, well, at well, first it doesn't look yeah. like a, a door. You come to a wall. Yeah, and Mark goes, I, we're here. And you're just looking at a wall in the sewer. Oh, yeah. A uh, magic wall, or? No, oh, you just move this right here, and he presses in a stone and pulls it out, turns it, and much like yours, it is a secret door that leads into a cellar. Oh, love that. V says that in the telepathic bond. Mm, this looks kind of tight. Like, um, how wide is the door frame compared to V? You'll it, fit. Yeah, it, it'll be a tight fit. I'll fit, but it'll be a tight fit, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't like that. All right. Basically, there's no room for me to be able to attack is what. Well, hopefully this isn't the last location. Uh, and I'm going to say to Mert, I'm like, should we start being quiet? Is I uh, might be a good idea. Okay. Okay. Uh, I will cast invisibility on myself and V. Okay. Okay. To give you to give you a little help with the stealth roll. Yeah. Uh, I assume Mert is a stealthy guy when he wants to be. God. And also, we need to see where we're going. Die. You lost Mert. You were focused <laughs> on your magic. Mert is gone. Oh, God damn it. All right. Uh, my stealth. Let's see how this goes. Uh, do I, can I roll with advantage since he made me invisible? Yes, you roll uh, with advantage on stealth. Okay. 
Look at full. Oh my gosh, one dice bounced the other one out of the... Oh, good, it didn't matter. What's your total? Six. Six? Good. You're unsure 25. If... 25? I tripped down the stairs. <laughs> uh, going up, yeah, you... Back down. <laughs> and, uh, and right before you fall and trip, Mert will just seemingly appear out of nowhere. You are unsure how this literal walrus of a man was able to escape your gaze, but he catches you. So, all right, lass, let's try not to let everyone know we're here. Uh. Um, <laughs> and he doesn't, he's like, by the way, I have no idea what I'm grabbing, and I I know I'm a vulgar man, but I apologize if this is uh, a little forward. So That's I'll just kind of like press you back up because he's holding onto an invisible person. He just reached out to grab whoever it was. <clears throat> All right. Um, I think I heard something further upstairs. So let's go that way. Yeah, and so <clears throat> cellar is kind of full of crates and barrels. Um, they don't look like wine barrels. Um, as you kind of slowly make your way up these creaky wooden stairs. Um, it kind of goes to a trap door or, you know, a ceiling door uh, to the cellar uh, as kind of pushes it open. Um, and uh, you're instantly accosted by the smell of smoke and, and oil. So um, not necessarily uh, akin to, say, like uh, a blacksmith or something like that. Like there's that just almost industrial like smell that fills your nostrils. But you see that this is a home. It's not a workshop or, a, uh, or even like an industrial warehouse or anything. It's just a home and that smell lingers. Keep following. Oh. All right. Okay. Um. Oh, there it is. And he points out another symbol. It's like, all right, looks like we're going a little bit further up, Stetters. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll go up. And in this long hallway, you see the entrance of a room guarded by two warforged automaton. Mm-hmm. One you instantly recognize as Reddard. The door is open. And inside... No. Logan, would you please describe <laughs> what they see? Surprise! Uh, I will let you know instantly, just off your passive insights. Mert is not invisible to you, so you can see him. This is a surprise to him as well. It's not like he was leading you here. He genuinely okay. is also been like kind of okay, looking okay, back okay, and okay, forth okay. like All right. The door the door's open like they were waiting for us. Yes, but Logan, to describe what they see inside. On a long table you see the body of the black viper. Istrid is currently in the midst of performing 
the resurrection ceremony. Voss leans on his cane, watching as this moves forward. As he sees the doors open, his eyes glance up towards Mert. You two are invisible, correct? Yeah, we are invisible. Yep. His eyes immediately glance back to the body as he simply waits for now. Mert will walk ahead. I assume you didn't come here alone. Ah, uh, that are talking with Laurel right now, discussing about what's next in the city. We'll be here, though. Understood. I thought this was just Harper business. This is Harper business. Oh, man. <sighs> Harold. Oh. Say, 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 don't, no, don't, no, 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 no. Uh, Harold's like, I've gotta, I've gotta. No, you do not. And you do not hear each other's thoughts. Shit. As oh. over an hour has passed since the spell was cast. That's right. We don't I'm, go over it, but you guys constantly cast it. Yeah, yeah. I'm... Oh, without her telling me no, Harold would drop invisibility. Oh, my God. I'm like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And Mert okay. goes, oh, you sneaky fuck. I guess he followed me all the way here. Yes. Such a good harper. Sneaking in the shadows. Hello, Harold. Hey, boss. This is surprising. Yes, it is. A lot of things are surprising. And I look back towards her body on the table. And you also see kind of on the, on a small bed in the room mm -hmm. is the body of Kaysen. She wanted this. I asked her not to. But she insisted. So here we are. I know it's probably not the most comfortable feeling for you. There's a million things moving through my head right now, Harold. Right now, I'm just focusing on this, but I have to ask, is V here with you too? Sorry. I think, wait, did I, when I drop invisibility, does it just drop for me or does it drop for her too? It would also drop for her, but if V, you wanted to just yeah. be outside of the door, you haven't like stepped in Yet. Yeah, you could I uh, kind of I guess I will be like out in a way, I suppose. Okay. Like hidden. I don't know how hidden I can really be with such bad stealth roll. Um, yeah, I'd say you're kind of the wall is like the door frame, and on the other side is the the war forged, and you're kind of like mm. up against 
the wall kind of right in front of one of the Warforged. And uh, you hear, yeah, she's out here. Come from the one with the different metallic scar over one eye. Cool, thanks, bud. (laughs) She does say that. And I I guess she steps in the doorway, but doesn't enter the room. I turn to both of you. I've heard how went the battle. The wizard's dead. Good. One less threat to the city. I have to ask, with now everything being clean, where does the group stand now? On what? There's a million things running through our heads, too. On the future of this city. On the field ward. On me. How to put this. We don't have plans for the future of the city beyond getting it in the healthiest state we can. On the field ward, we've always loved the field ward. It was a group effort. Granted, you've put more effort into it at this point than we have. And nobody wants to see the field ward torn down or treated like lesser. I think in the minds of all of us, the field ward is very precious to everyone. Agreed. In terms of you? The group is confused. Um, because... Uh, you've uh, clearly put in in so so much work to um, uh, you know help help the the city and and um, you know in a a very unconventional way that maybe we would not have thought of um, jarring at at first but I, I, I know that um, the, uh, you know. Are you telling me the truth? Can I roll deception? Roll I'm that. technically not telling, I mean, I technically am telling the truth, right? Because the group is torn. Yeah. 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 Honestly, it is kind of true. Yeah. 16 yeah. on insight. You get the feeling that was directed at you. What was directed at me? Are you telling the truth? Uh, y- yes. Do you mean like her personal feelings? Yeah, yeah like oh. that's what I'm. But he's I, trying to. Oh, read I was how... speaking on behalf of the group, not myself. Yes. But um, you can no, roll... I don't like you. <laughs> Amazing. But the rest of the group still cares about you, regardless of how I feel. That is true. That's not what I'm concerned with. Then what are you concerned about? You. Why? You tell me. I tell you why you're concerned with me? 
Um, maybe because I wasn't completely I... honest with you beforehand. I had you followed after our first meeting. Hey, boss. Before you finish what you need to do with him, the spell's ready. If you have anything you want to say. <clears throat> One moment. Take your I, time. I walk up to her body. I pull out the fire tooth dagger and lay it on the table. I thought for so long that when I found you again, there would be no way I would lose you. And I thought that I could accept your loss, even if I did. And here I am, engaged in a savage hypocrisy, because you asked me to. I offer everything I have left, every weapon, every skill, every ounce of myself, whatever it may be, to see her rise again. Whatever God will listen. Don't do it for me. But she is not yet damned. I lay every possession I have that would mean something to this ritual on the table. Most of the time when you're trying to connect with the deceased, you don't need to offer up anything material because it doesn't get consumed in the spell. The only time offering a material really resonates is when it has a shared story um, between you and the departed. Then I offer up carving from the tree I took back in Daggerford. You lay this fossilized bark with the initials of your old friends before you were all taken by Brackish the Black. And you lay it down as Istrid completes the ritual. Wait. Can Harold help? Mechanically, yes. <laughs> but Harold is going to walk over looking very awkward is going to stand in front of Boss so they are, like, perpendicular to each other. Okay. And he's going to stare at Boss for a second while he says this. I didn't know you deeply. You were a rumor 
unprofessional, dangerous, at times terrifying in the nature of what you did and what you meant to all of us save for him. But to him, you meant something more, a purpose that I still can't fully grasp. And regardless of where we stand as friends now, I know this is what he wants more than anything. We don't have to agree on everything, but everyone deserves a second chance. And I will put myself down for another assist, making this my seventh. If you could both please roll a d20. Yes, I do. Thank you. Five. Feel like it's the mix of bad blood and like <laughs> it's just the tension. <laughs> this is also not something Voss doesn't want to do. Yeah, I was gonna say that makes sense. Uh, the hypocrisy. He does not yep. know. Uh, well, uh, the Black Viper, uh, as Voss knew her mellow, as the rest of you. Istrid also got a nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, ah. Damn. Just feeling the tension in the room. Just is uh, a little distracted. Doesn't doesn't cancel the. <laughs> oh, this oh my really god! Bad. This is going to determine so much going forward. Um, but as uh, the most of society knows knows her hidden identity as Ezvel Rosnar. Uh, has one black, five green, three, four, five, and four red. That's okay. good. That's good. Yeah, that's not bad. That's there's, not bad. There's more green than red. Has... There's only one black. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That's, that's surprising, honestly. Yeah. Oh, she's good. Yeah. <laughs> Never gotten to confrontations that <clears throat> would yeah. be... Deadly. Like, yeah. Mostly a thief. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, as she walks the spire, her life flashing before her eyes, and it is a wild one, very much like Voss's, starts, and there is so much laughter, and it's resonated so deeply as she hears your voice boss and she lingers on a scene of you all carving your names into the tree next to the orphanage where you played so many games before you were sold before you made your first kill before you watched your friend die before you were separated from her where you took on a different mantle, freeing yourself from the black but embracing the red. Wearing the skull of your former captain as a mask. Her tale deviates from yours 
when she was bought by a noble family, the Rosnars, in Waterdeep. Her skills that she had had ever since she was a young child of being deft on her feet aided her as they raised her like their own daughter and gave her everything she could ever ask for. But then she still saw the hypocrisy of Waterdeep and its nobles and trained in dance and ballet became a thief took on the mantle of a former infamous thief, the Black Viper, to bring down her own family and eventually reconnecting with you. Saving you from the mud as you ran from Waterdeep's watch, pulling you up over the wall. And the further times you met at the dance, at her home and the time where she thought you poisoned her and eventually leading down to Skullport itself where the two of you dismantled and took down the reforged ring once and for all a name spoken from the lips of the god of death himself is one that she hasn't heard in many years except for maybe when you addressed her as he speaks out the name that begins with the word the name Mellow is it your time do you wish to leave your mortal coil Logan, would you please pull the marble? Yeah. Oh, God. You got this, dude. You will reach in, you will pull one marble, clasp it in your hands, and reveal it. Red. Bargain has been struck. You need to roll a D100. Oh. Please. Yeah. I was getting kind of grabby. There <laughs> you go. Thank you. <laughs> 99. Wow. wow. I don't know if high is good or bad. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Noted. I don't like when that I know. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Neat. Look, our, the when list we can... you grin and you cringe, it is very frightening. Oh, man. Half of these are good. Half of these are not as good. Yeah. Uh, this one's fun. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't be as nervous if we memorized that list. <laughs> yep. Um, but with that, the spell completes. And she takes a breath. Her eyes wide. You can see all of it. Just the pure white determination, resolve, focus. She looks to you and nods. Welcome back. She reaches up a hand. I take it. With your help, sits up. You can feel she is very weak in this moment. Thanks. I know what that means to you and 
how much that fucking hurt, but we have a lot more fucking work to do. Yes, you do. At which point we'll kind of look up and notice Harold and look over and see Mert and V. Um, it's noticeable that V looks disappointed. I turn back towards V, but first I lay a hand on Harold's shoulder and I say, I'm sorry. I approach V. I had you followed earlier. Grecht came back to me with an interesting thing to report. Is there anything you would like to declare here before I continue? I will kill you and you will fail. Well. You can feel the room instantly become just palpable tension. Yeah, Harold's going to shoot a glance over to Mert, like, with this, like, you got my back if this goes sour sort of look. Mert looks at you, and there's a nod of recognition, but you can tell he's like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on here. Yeah, (laughs) Harold knew that this would happen, but he was like, okay, I guess we're doing it now. All right, cool. So Harold just kind of like leans back a little bit and like keeps a hand near the knife. Um, if you would like to read the room, you can make a uh, yeah insight. Yeah, I'm gonna insight. Okay. Oh, it's a ten. I'm too freaked out. Okay. <laughs> Harold's like, oh fucking fuck. I'll go ahead and say this. You might sense this on boss. Slight. Minuscule, hard to tell. He is afraid. I would be too. I was like, can I roll intimidation? (laughs) I don't need to. I'm eight feet tall. (laughs) That is true. Intimidation can be a strength stat. (laughs) I brought both of you here to parlay. On neutral ground as Harper's. Viomiliana Vetorak, I understand the threat you and your army poses to my field ward. And I'm here to offer you a bargain. I understand that swearing to your ancestors means something to you, a binding agreement. If you swear on the souls of your ancestors' past, that so long as you are Khan, your army will never attack Waterdeep. Then you can kill me right here and right now. My cohorts will burn my body so I cannot be resurrected. A final death. Only the people here will know. We will tell everyone in the field ward I was killed 
by a Zentarum assassin. No one will know, save those here. But you must swear on your ancestors that this be done, and I will not fight you. Harold is looking at everyone other than Mert now. Like, are they as shocked as he is? You see understanding and sadness on both Istrid and Mello's face. V is, oh sorry, V is obviously shocked by this, uh, but also is unsure on the conditions of which he is asking. And so uh, she says, When you say attack Waterdeep, I assume you mean all of the innocents who reside within the city. Or do you mean the cultists and all of the evil that resides here as well? We understand Shathragat, and we understand the threat it poses to this city and all things inside of that. And I understand your clan deals with that. When this is done, you must swear that they will never, ever, Attack Waterdeep so long as you are Khan. I don't understand you. I don't know what you want, but all I, I'd never anticipated this, and I have no counters for it. This is it. This is all I have. But I will say this your army is mighty, and so are you. But every single person here is armed. I swear taking the field ward will break your house forever and make you and everyone here pariah. Or you can take the bargain and let it all be done forever. I meant it when I said that I would stop at nothing to ensure you die. I don't believe if you lead the field ward and the city, it will lead to anything good. I will take your bargain. Okay, let's let's all let's all take a second. Give me a moment to speak to my cohorts, please. And oh. as you go to speak to your cohorts in this moment. We're gonna cut back to the awning portal. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I don't know about you, I got absolutely nothing to talk about. We should just sit here in silence for a while. Huh? <laughs> Creed is just like, for some unexplained reason, I feel the need to scream. <laughs> I, I just feel like what we're doing right now is not very important. <laughs> we should just wait for Harold and V to come back and tell us what happened. <laughs> Yes, tell us what happened. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Given the fact before... that the, case, the telepathic bond is over, I could probably suggest, it's like, should I send a sending? <laughs> probably I'm sure not. they're in, if it's Harper business, that's like, they're, sure that's intense someone. stuff. Like, let's not bother them. Let's make sure all these people get properly laid to um, rest. <laughs> before... if, if they're gone too long, yeah, but like, I, I trust them. 
Yeah. Okay. Before asking for your input, Laurel breaks down all of the information, all of the insight that she has so that you have time to think about your response so that other questions mm -hmm. don't repeat themselves and things like that. So, with Manchun gone and his presence notably absent, chaos may begin to stir. Um, a point of order, they may not even know he's gone. We kind of have a very convoluted plan in place that people won't know he's gone for a while. Uh, yes. Also, and Orkaro is going to very intentionally look around the kind of destroyed yawning portal and go, how safe is it to talk here? Now that the spy's gone, it should be a lot safer. I don't, uh, you know what? I'm, and she'll reach into her bag and pull out her gnomish spectrometer that she uses for scrying and say, I'm not worried about spies. Right. Okay. I want to hear it. But if we do not execute it perfectly, chaos will happen. Absolutely. Some from panic of feeling abandoned, some seeking to rise up the ladder of power, some in fear of the oppressors to the north. Some in fear of the wandering monsters that still haunt some of our alleyways. If I step back and claim Manchun is dead, some may feel wronged after Manchun seemingly saved them, which may cause more civil unrest. Why don't we... We have to make sure that he does not become a martyr and a savior symbol. Well, we do have some time because right now the person who was his right hand, not the real, not his actual one, that's a gauntlet. Um, not a gauntlet, but a person. Um, she is on our side and she's going to help us kind of keep the ruse going for as long as we need to formulate a plan. So we we have some time. You mean Mira? Renair speaks up. Yes. Yes. She was very nice. And a very good shot. Quite. She's our hopper on the inside. Yeah, she's he brilliant. Morso says to Laurel, yeah. mm -hmm. who kind of gives him a look, and he's like, that we all knew. So, so what we need to do then is find a way to make his death not something that was tied to helping the city, but something selfish. Like, say, someone sees him emerge from Colat Towers and go into the Yawning Portal and go down, and, oh, no, he died to the mage that he was trying to fight down there. That sounds too cheap. Sometimes simple is the best approach. Well, there could be simple and he was a coward. He ran. He's, he, saw, he saw a threat coming. No one, no one would believe that. 
My suggestion is we must openly poison the minds of the people against him by blatantly showing his evil nature in a way that cannot be argued. However, I can't think of a way to do this that does not in turn make us the evil we fight against. Well, it is if, a... if, there's an, if the people think he is their protector and he leaves on his own personal quest, whether that's running from the city or going into Undermountain or whatever, and then he's just gone. Yeah, all we have to say is we went to him to bargain for the safety of his city and found a long abandoned place. Kirin, he's been gone for a while. He left a whole bunch of simulacrum to keep eye on things and he's gone. The Kirin. He, he was, he had a Kirin trapped in a circle. He was torturing oh, yeah, it. He, and that, performing experiments Pretty little on it. thing. I've got um, samples that are connected to it. If there's a way to contact we, it through that. It's, we kind of let it go. It felt like well, the right thing to do. But it's a being of pure good. <laughs> I mean. Or Carol looks freaked out, but also super happy. So wait, 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 wait. Like the, the L- celestial yes. you're talking about. Yes. Like big, pretty deer bleeds gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can ask for one. I've got its sure. name. I mean, I can't do it today. I need to, I need to think about it, but I've-, I've Jurgen Exart of Celestia. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I've, I've um, requested help before, and that's, that's what got sent. So you were saying earlier that he goes into the awning portal and then mm. is defeated by the Red Wing? No, no. The, the mage, uh, what is his name? The mage down there. Uh, down... The, there's, there's down, down the sword coast. No, down what? in the in the pit. There's at at the. Oh, what is his name? The dude we saw in the memory. No, the one oh, he wanted name? us to team up with him to fight. Alistair. Oh, the Mad Mage yes. of Undermountain. Yes. Got it. I'm, I was not following where I'm sorry, you were going. My, I'm <laughs> scattered <laughs> down there. The pit. I, I'm, I'm scattered right now. That could have been anything. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure there's a layer of the abyss called the pit. I don't know why, but I am like super mentally distracted right now (laughs) and wrapped in a state of existential terror. And I don't know why. It's it's probably just everything that's been going on. Um, Alistair Blackcloak. Yes. You're saying that he wanted to... He was planning to go down there. He tried to enlist us to team up with him to deal with him. He wanted Halister wiped out and destroyed completely. Fascinating. But why would he go and not simulate that word? Simulacrum? Yeah, sure. Personal accomplishment? Mm. This is personal, or it was personal to him. It, it's, I don't think it's something he would send a simulacrum to do. He wants the satisfaction, or he would have wanted the satisfaction himself. I mean, Harold could transform himself to look just like Manchun. So, we would create a story of Manchun's death 
in favor of affirming the rumors of a more mad mage's existence who up until now was just a boogeyman. Yeah, if we if we go this route, then that means the mad mage is real and a big threat he, because it took out even Manshun. He is real, but he's been down there for how long? But how much is that going to scare the populace that if it's bad enough to take out Manshun, what if it comes up? There is nothing I can think of that we're going to be able to do that would be able to take out Manshun without it scaring people. And with this indecisive moment being suggested, giving you more time to think, we're going to cut back. Oh, thank uh, God. Oh, thank God. To somewhere uh, where Voss steps to speak with his cohorts. Um, Harold, panicking for a second as V <laughs> agrees to these terms. But uh, Mert looks to both you and to Voss. You want us to step outside for a second? We can do this here. No, I meant like you want to speak to yours. Maybe uh, we speak to ours. If you I'm not done speaking. Ooh. I'm not here to tell you when you are and when you're not, so floor's yours, lady. <laughs> but, I love Mark. <laughs> uh, I can promise you that my people were never a threat to Waterdeep, as you apparently seem to think that they are, um, to the point where that you believe that your life is worth enough for me to make that bargain. However, I cannot kill you here, because then I'd have to kill everybody else in this room. Everybody here is on your side, and they would leave and tell the story about how you murdered yourself. No, they wouldn't. Everyone here knows what's at stake. Everyone here knows that for whatever cosmic reason, your group has been chosen to lead this thing. We all know what's at stake. No one here will say it. Istrid, do you have Zone of Truth? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Take a moment to look over here. Let me look She's at- She's had it before. My holy fucking symbol here and- She's had it before, that's why. Yes. She has used it before. You also know that the Doom Raiders oftentimes used a special wine that mm -hmm. uh, basically worked like a truth serum. Okay. Um, and clerics choose every day. Knowing this might come up, yeah. would you have told her to yes. prepare it? Okay. Then, then she yes. would have. Okay. Yeah. Cast okay. it now. All right. And... Uh, will flip a coin into the air and as it spins and hits the ground it does that twirl where it just keeps spinning and as it does there's this celestial aura that radiates out of it <coughs> everybody make a will save if you will save I good fail. lord wisdom saving throw i fail okay you I fail as bad as this is going to be i fail <laughs> Do you uh, fight it? No. Okay. I turn towards Mello. 
Pills. You sure this is what you want? It's not what Alfred I want anymore. You held to my wishes. You brought me back. I'll hold to yours. Mello, known as the Black Viper, do you swear to keep in secrecy what transpires here today? Yeah, I do. Turn towards Istrid. Istrid, do you swear to keep in secret what transpires here today? I don't already fold you this far, you fucking twinkle toes. I fucking may as well. Delicate flower. Hey, crispy marshmallow. Yeah. Mert will speak up before you even ask. Harper's Creed, sworn in secrecy. I look to Harold. Are you really going to make me keep this from Seisha? You have no. to. I don't feel comfortable by any of this. But... Oh, man. Why do you put me in these fucking situations, boss? Why do you do this to me? I can only say I'm sorry. Harper's Creed. But if she finds out, I can't help that. So long as you keep your word, that's what matters. Fuck me. The Humiliana Bedrock. Do you swear on your ancestors that you and your army, barring intervention from the Elder Eye, the enemy we all face, swear to never attack Waterdeep for any reason so long as you are Khan? in exchange for killing me. I, Viomiliana Vederach, swear by the spirits of my ancestors and my people that my army will never attack Waterdeep for any reason in exchange for your life. Uh, I, I, it is V's decision. I want to make that absolutely clear and I respect that. I just, I, I just feel like uh, I wouldn't live with myself if I didn't say this doesn't feel right to me. I turn towards Mello first. Just for a second. Look towards V. And do you swear to keep this secret? I swear to keep this secret. 
V does pause for a second to then look at Harold and give him the opportunity to at least say his piece, although her expression is very resolved. Harold is going to let Voss say his piece to everyone first. He just kind of, he nods to you. There is, there's a bit of sorrow in his face, but there is a deep respect for you and your decision. And he gives you a slow nod that just says he's going to follow you. He's going to follow you in this because, you know, it's your decision, not his. But he's going to let Voss say everything he wants to to everyone he wants to before he says something. Turn towards Mallow. I didn't deserve to find you again. But I did. Thank you for proving that I'm everything in my past was vile and evil. there the day you took your first life I was there when you broke but to me you'll always be little boy running, chasing me. I turned to history. I've always admired your ability to find opportunity in every situation. The only thing I ask is this is a long-term investment. Don't take too many shorts expense of the long. They'll need you. They'll need both of you. Turn towards Mer. You helped us when no one else would. And trusted us. Trusted me. And I didn't deserve it. Thank you. Let's shake your hand while also shaking his head and be like, Look, there's a bunch of assholes I've lended out money to. You all have been my wildest investment yet. I'm a little hurt. That was kind of manipulated as just kind of an errand boy to bring these people here for you. Oh. But as a harper, I respect it. <laughs> I turn towards Reddard.
always remember. Even as you are, you have more humanity than most in this city. I point at his chest. This is what makes you human. And this is the most precious thing you have. Never give it to anyone. I don't want this. I know. But this is the way it has to be. I have nothing left to give anymore except this. And I hesitate. He stop like kind of grips you like kind of cl- grabs you by the arm you become more of a father to me than anyone especially after i lost my uncle i chose this i'm supposed to be your bodyguard of your life to protect people who mean something to you. What will I fight for now? You will fight for something greater than yourself. For what we have built here. This fragile, precious thing cannot die or else all the cycle will begin again. We are the new. We are the righteous. We are the future of this world. See this emotionless, metallic face with that almost wine-skin metallic sheen over the eye. Just nod. I turn away and I hesitate for a moment. I look at Harold. I pick up the cane and I hand it to him. I'll take it. It's a shame I never got to use that. You see, in this exchange, Istrid's eyes go wide. I don't know what you mean by that, but um, I'll hold on to it. Hey, and I lean in. You want to know something funny? Yeah, man. Go ahead and tell me. I've dreamed of this moment. I've thought of it for so long. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid too, Buzz. I, um, this isn't the way I, my dreams went. <sighs> hey, man, hey. Bill and Dill, right? <laughs> yeah. Forever. And I grab you and I pull you close as I can. Whatever you fucking lost, you will get it back. No one takes anything from you anymore. No one. I push off and then I face you. I only ask that it be quick and that you do it on my feet, please. She nods. She pulls out her fire tooth dagger. 
which is identical to the one that you have. And she holds it. She stands there for a moment. Like her, her expression, like unmoving, stone faced. And she looks at you. I do not believe that you are completely a bad person or even objectively a bad person, but you have become too dangerous and too much of a threat to too many people who do not deserve it. I'm doing this recognizing that even the person I care about the most to me, and like she is obviously referring to Harold, may even hate me after this, but I know it has to be done. And she takes the fire chief dagger. She steps up to you. And similarly, in the same way that she killed her father, she holds it up to your throat. And almost unceremoni unceremoniously slices it. cuts across the jugular. And a single tear goes down her face as she does it. Wound almost cauterizing as it cuts into it. You watch as Voss's body goes limp, Istrid and the Black Viper are there catching him, most of it on Istrid as the Black Viper is weak from being resurrected. See the automaton of Reddard step forward, taking the Black Viper's place and even pulling Voss's body from Istrid. See, holds him and lays him down on the table where the Black Viper once was. He drops the dagger and leaves it there. Thuds into the ground, sticking into the wooden floorboards. Istrid will... Oh, you fucking bastard. V turns and leaves the room. You watch as Istrid sets two gold coins in Voss's eyes. And as she does, holy fire strikes his body, engulfing him in flame. As she flame strikes him. And much like how the day started, Harold and V's day ends the same. I'll look to the Black Viper and Istrid. I'll keep my end of the bargain. We both will. We all three will. And I will 
advocate for the field board and every opportunity I get will make this worth it. We all love this place. I truly believe that. You just know from the bottom of my heart, I always wanted things to end peacefully. Sometimes that's not where the coin falls. But who knows? Maybe this was what was needed so that steps can be taken forward. So that at the, at the end of the day, everyone, no matter where you were fucking born, can feel that weight of coin in your pocket. Two of the people I trusted the most made this decision. And I still trust they made the right decision. It's just a tough one to swallow. <sighs> Mert, I guess you need to take us back home. For the oh. rest of you, I'll be in touch. Bye, lad. Let's leave them to their mourning. Yeah. I guess we should head back to the yawning portal. Guess so. Should give me enough time to get this all together. And Harold will walk out and he will pause and look over at Redder, sort of understanding there, and just keep walking. Yeah. And then he will walk up beside V. He looks hurt, but there is a deep respect in his eyes as he puts a hand on her arm and nods and just says quietly, you made the right choice. I didn't want to. I know. But it's the best thing for the city. He wanted all magic gone and all magic people gone. I know. That would have been you. I know, it would have been you too. You made the right choice. I love you and I support you. I believe anything he says. I can't. I don't. I didn't. And then her mind is clearly racing, and she's like, "I, I, I didn't think this through. How, how will people find out? How, how, how will it, how, how will it come across?" Last, he takes her hand. I'm the best liar in town. It'll go exactly like we said it would. And if people find out, because they're better at telling the truth than I am at telling lies, we still kept our end of the bargain. Mert will speak the up. The town will believe he was killed by the Zentara. Mert will then speak up. Ayalas, yeah. quiet your mind and quiet your heart. You made the decision of a harper. And sometimes it's the toughest thing we can do. But I agree with you. It was the right one. 
nods and starts walking the direction in which they came. Yep. And as Mert leads you back to the Yawning Portal to meet up with the rest of the BFGs, we are going to end tonight's episode oh, You cannot there. end yep. there. Yep. yep. Oh. Yeah. Logan, 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 and uh, I mean, it's always the best just to take back seats anytime any of you all take the reins. Um, but the the path that led us to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a beautiful storytelling. I need a drink. <laughs> Rhea uh, said, love you. <laughs> thank you. Logan, thank you so much for, thank you. for being here. Yes. Uh, thank you for being a part of this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would not... I mean, it wouldn't be the story that it is without you. Um, the level of machinations that you <laughs> brought to the story uh, as um, uh, a role player, an improv, or an actor, but even just as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was just phenomenal. I mean, there's a re- the reason why Dragon Heist lasted 98 episodes <laughs> is because of this man right here. Because it's like, oh, we have some downtime. We're going to fast forward. And he, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I have plans. Also, yes. also, I just want to, um, I don't know if this is comforting, but it's definitely clarifying just because Logan and Voss are gone from the story doesn't mean Voss's plans are. Uh, oh, oh yeah, oh, that's comforting. That's real comforting. Oh, I, <laughs> I also just realized you're both wearing black, and I hate that. Uh, it's so I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying they will be to the level of what they are, but this yeah. man spent four years creating what the field word is today. With your all help, but what it is today in the story is good. Yeah, uh, I, I think it was a, a beautiful story. Absolutely. If anybody can take anything away from this, at least in the medium of D&D, I always say, like, agency is always the most interesting thing you can have, that personal agency you have, because in this medium of storytelling, there's nothing else like it where you feel like, oh, wait, yes, I am in control of my own destiny. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. yes, you are. It's not something that we can replicate it in any other medium except this one. And it's something worth really investing your time into, I think. Cheers. You once yeah. said that it's uh, rare to have a place where you can have dramatic improv. Yes. And this is one of those places. Yes. And you are one of the best at it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hell yeah. Thank you. Yep. It's easy when an environment is set up with which you can do that. And this has been a grand place to do that mm-hmm. and I can only hope uh, other streams other tables follow suit and realize that that freedom that you give your players like I've been given the freedom that I had will really create a intense tapestry of a story Absolutely. Uh, um, Voss has gone from this table Yes. But Logan is always welcome at us. I have a rat man I can play. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 I mean, yes. 
And at some point, that greasy rat man won't kill him. Yeah, at some point, that greasy kangaroo should come back too. But you, you gave me some of the best role play moments I have ever had in any game. It's a really good table tennis match. So, yeah, absolutely. You playing Voss has absolutely evoked like real gut-wrenching emotional reactions out of me as V every single time. Like, even though I, like, I, I love you and think you're great, every nice. single time I'm playing V and have Voss at the table, I just, I genuinely feel, like, seething rage <laughs> and, like, hatred and, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. just so much. And so it's just one of those things where it's just sort of, like, I feel like whenever we are role-playing, I am, like, genuinely, like, speaking to, like, V is genuinely speaking to Voss out of, like, just pure emotion and, like, gut reaction, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. is an experience that um, doesn't always happen naturally for me when it comes mm-hmm. to improv acting, any sort of performance. Um, so can... you are able to evoke that out of me, and that just says, like, so much of Thank you. That's... your ability as a role player. That's high praise. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. I, I was going to say, we can spend literal hours yeah, yeah. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> but but i'm using this time to say that i think it would be good i know we haven't done it in a while because ross has been busy but i would like hopefully in the nearest future us all to get together for a deep before and after where you the audience can send in all of the questions you have for logan his sure. character any other things all the behind the scenes machinations as long as it doesn't spoil mm-hmm. anything going forward mm-hmm. Um, and let's all get together and a postmortem, if you will. Yeah, a postmortem. <laughs> On a very post, <laughs> like too soon. <laughs> too soon. Uh, on a very heavy episode, uh, we say goodbye to some NPCs yep, um, and some PCs. Yep, and uh, um, miss you, uh, Raya. I'm I'm glad I saw you in chat. We love you. Yeah, um, love you. Just wish you um, were here. I'm glad you were at least here with us. Um, in spirit. And oh, absolutely in spirit, but we're able to be here for virtually, virtually for for Voss's uh, final uh, parture. Um, and uh, I, I do feel like I I need to say. <laughs> you think we had any of this planned? Oh, I feel better now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna say one sentence, which is basically, Logan. I've never felt such complete creativity like coalescence between two people thank you i would be improv with you anywhere this 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 ending comes from a man that brought us the rash pants i just not not the concept of the rash pants but we all know the clip yeah Yeah. (laughs) the moment um uh but with with tonight's stream coming to an end we have a winner uh yes executive gamer 92 is our winner yay congratulations um, and I mean, yeah, it is, it is, uh, forever will, uh, <clears throat> that level of just pure, like you say, dramatic improvisation, but mm-hmm. also the, um, the love of rats, uh, yeah, yeah. to the point they're where they're fascinating when <laughs> so much. So Rocky. when mm-hmm. in, in the, the velvet lodge, when, Birdie is talking about, I saw a man made of rats. Someone in chat was like, oh my God, it's Patrick Logan's character yeah. from the SCP episode. Yeah. I thought about that so much. Uh, like, oh, it left my uh, mouth and I went, Patrick. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, also, if for some reason you haven't watched it and you want to see more of Logan's, uh, you know, improvisational oh, yeah. things, uh, go watch an Emmy nominated. Emmy nominated. Emmy, yeah. not Emmy. Emmy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Emmy nominated. Oh yeah, I guess we should say this, that we Bookshops oh, yeah. uh, yeah. of Arkham uh, nominated for an Emmy award hey. uh, for hey. best podcast, um, where uh, Patrick Logan uh, just brings what he does best uh, as uh, the wonderful Mickey Sykes, mob enforcer, and uh, a beautiful Call of Cthulhu uh, mm. tale. Um, uh, it means a lot to us to be nominated. Yeah, uh, blown away. Uh, with an amazing crew and cast and everybody involved. If you haven't watched that, go watch that. Also, uh, segueing, uh, an amazing other performer in there is Lucia Versprilli. Yeah. If you're, uh, if you're here wondering why we bring her up, uh, because we have another show that's out right now. Called The Vevel Lodge. The, mm-hmm. It's her original story. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we uh, so utilize the Midnight World. It's, um, so, it's so lighthearted. Right. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, be excellent to each other. May you always roll with advantage. Good night, everybody. But that's where we're going to end this part of the story. Trust me, there's more to come, and you don't want to miss it.